This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's like the game where it goes around, like the light goes around and you have to like hit the button when it stops, you know, <laughs> like in the center or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I have no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who you read when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real fun. Hollywood. It's film history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. <laughs> so we are here with film history, the history of film, everyone. Uh, today... We have our first special episode that we've been promising you guys. Today, we have brought in a special guest, Malik McCrary, a.k.a. McCray. McCray, my bad. <laughs> Malik McCray. You added a syllable. <laughs> added a syllable. <laughs> hey, Malik McCray. Oh, Malik McCrary from the <laughs> old <Malik> country. <laughs> i just been watching too many of these old-ass movies. Malik McCray, a.k.a. Spike Leak, is What's here. On? Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been on a podcast. Right? Yeah. yeah. It feels good to be back, doesn't it? You know. We're yeah. about to juice you up. We're about oh, to moist you up. The oh, honor man. and pleasure is ours, my friend. <laughs> Primed and ready to go. Malik is moist. <laughs> Malik Moist McCray. That's what they call him. <laughs> moist McCray. That's actually What's the special, not What's a bad thing. <laughs> so the special episode, what we're going to do every, what do we decide? Every five or six episodes? episodes every ish episode yeah every ish episode when it sounds right we are going to go in chronological order uh best picture winner of the oscars of every year and i mean it's it, we're starting out today with the very first best picture winner wings mm-hmm. and it was made in 1927 mm-hmm. how many are there there's like 70 yeah yeah 80? 90 90 90 you can go some? to the you can go to the kodak theater and go look at all of them, all of them? you know the dolby theater the dolby sir. that's right yeah. damn i already have a question <laughs> okay so the Sorry. first couple oscars were not a specific year they were 27 28 they were trying to kind of like make up for they they wanted to launch it sooner, mm-hmm. and they didn't really get it, it. Didn't get off the ground until 28th. So they were still trying to give the awards to the ones that they would have given it to mm-hmm. the year before. So they kind of like you know. So, but they did that for like a decade. They didn't stop doing it until like the 40s. Right? They, it changed a lot. That's one of the things I'm excited to get into today too. Is that we're also going to get into the ceremony itself. Right. I'm going to yeah. tell you about the best picture, but then also. Every one of these episodes, we're also going to tell you about what the ceremony was like that year because Ooh, it didn't change the way that they. 
I didn't get too heavily into the way that they voted on mm. this one. Yeah. But we can. You know, sure. we definitely can. There were uh, only three nominees for Best Picture. Yeah, it was really weird. It was it was very weird the way it started, and it also started okay. with like way less people. Well, like, yeah, was it, how was many it, fucking movies are being made in 1927? Not a lot. Apparently a lot. A lot. lot. Apparently a lot. lot. They would make them like every... A a movie back then took about a month to make. Yeah, in the James Cagney episode, I learned that they pumped movies out like fucking crazy. Yeah. That... Okay. I thought that not at this level. Like, like you're talking just like slapstick, silent film, Charlie Chapman days kind of stuff. And that is... It's kind of oh, interesting that you the say Cagney, that. Isn't it? yeah. It's before Cagney, and also it's interesting you say that because this was it's BC. It's before Cagney. <laughs> yeah, this is BC. <laughs> oh wow! This is ten like years that. BC. <laughs> no, this is, about, this is about four years BC. Oh my god! Before Cagney is anything before 1930. BC. This is canon for the rest canon of this whole yeah, show. Like, BC, if you ever Cagney. hear us say BC, oh God, we're talking dude. before Cagney. We've already got we our are, merch idea. We are going to officially start a new religion to get tax exemption from the United States, and it's going to be a <laughs> worshiping James of James Cagney. Cagney. We'll throw him dude, up on the cross. In. It'll be fucking great. Okay. I worship that man. <laughs> I worship James Cagney. <laughs> All right, so we're about 10 BC right now. We're, or I'd say uh, 4 BC, because we're about BC. 1926, 1927, okay. you know. So that was that was BC, yeah, about four years. And the year Cagney year one starts when he started acting in Hollywood, right? 1930. Okay. It's, it's easy, okay. you know. Okay. It's he's really easy. He's still tap dancing number. and boxing. And, right, he's, yeah. yeah, he's boxing his dad. His dad's, like, dying of the flu. Throwing and, bottles know. at him. Throwing well, bottles at him. Malik, Malik, you got to listen to our James Cagney podcast. I heard about it. I definitely heard about the famous James Cagney episode. (laughs) Good, good, good. The three-parter. Yo, so... Ever since, um, ever since we did the Waterworld episode, I like because it was so funny. I cannot stop talking about it, <laughs> and like for for people who don't know, like I, I I drink a lot on the weekends and stuff. It's like I'll go out to parties and I'll, like I'll, I'll get drunk <laughs> and I'll talk to someone. Like I'll have lunch with someone like on Tuesday. And be like, oh my god, did I tell you about when? And they're like, when Kevin Costner was tied to a raft. <laughs> yes, I heard about this. You've told me twice already. Funniest story. <laughs> One of the funniest stories. I can't stop talking show. about Waterworld. World, oh dude. my I could god, not dude! Stop talking about no, the image that of him tied to that is definitely boat. worthy of a you know bah, like a scripted behind the scenes comedic feature. <laughs> I want a disaster. Oh my god, we gotta do movie, it as a yeah. skit. We gotta do it. As <laughs> I want a skit. disaster artist of that Waterworld. Movie, absolutely, yeah. making Waterworld. Dude, absolutely. it was so so ridiculous and it, so, okay. <laughs> comical. But, but you know, right go, now, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. Yeah, go back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. But right that. now we're 3 BC. We're 3 BC, 1927. Uh, so wait, okay, but why did they keep the dual years for like a decade? Why well, did they just drop that after a year? It. I think they were just trying a bunch of new stuff. Okay. You know, there was even a category in this mm. first Academy Awards that was only in the first one and never again. Oh, Yeah, they had a bunch of stuff. It was Ooh. all... They were they were figuring Was it, it out. Interesting. Best woman slap. <laughs> <laughs> James Cagney would have won that yeah. by a landslide. 
Best like, woman maybe to slap. Maybe we shouldn't put this one in here, fellas. <laughs> no, I'd say Clark Gable. Clark Gable would have the best woman slap. I think Clark he slapped. Gable gets the I think he slapped like two per movie. You know. <laughs> yeah, Malik. We talked about it in the James Cagney episode, but this was also a time where if you were slapping women in a movie, it was an actual. It was it it. What do you call it? It was literally a sign that your career was taking off. Like, you were becoming a leading man. I, I was going to say, didn't Carrie Grant smack Carrie a Grant, chick yes. in the Hitchcock movie? Yes. She, yes. Was, she was tripping out in the car, and she was, like, freaking out, and he was like, hey, calm what? down. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. It's like that scene on Airplane where they're all lined up to, like, slap it's, that it's woman. It's funny because they're, the, they're like... The, as characters, like they're both on the same side of the conflict, but she's just like she's too hysterical. So he's like, "Hey, relax. We're gonna figure this out." Even being friends with Cary Grant can get you slapped. Get you slapped up. Imagine, imagine if like we we approached like our friends that way. Like if someone's like hysterical, you just slap them. Slap the shit. It's like, out. hey, the worst day. Hey, bow. Calm maybe, down. maybe, maybe. Relax. No, that's gonna start fistfights. <laughs> like what? This didn't help. This didn't help me. Oh good my god! I'm more angry now because someone just hit me. Like a good stiff back one. <laughs> okay, so today uh. we are gonna talk about the movie Wings. 1927 Best Picture winner, the. Airplane epic World War One dog fighting epic adventure basically uh, that is Wings. This movie was incredible in my opinion. And Dev and Drake have not seen it. Full disclosure. I tried. Malik I, and I have. I I tried and I. Man. <laughs> Let me tell you about you motherfuckers real quick. Let me tell you about you motherfuckers real quick. You guys hit me like a month ago about this shit. <laughs> And knowing me, I like to prepare for shit. Yep. I sat through this two and a half two hour movie, half. Yep. Silent movie, silent movie, months ago, and then like every time I was ready to talk about that shit, it got pushed back. <laughs> but no, honestly, like you know, I'm happy that I ended up like taking the yeah. time, to, like, which also it. illustrates. I was so mad because I was like, you guys wasted three hours of my life. <laughs> no, which when I first, when I first, at my, my first, at my first, like, yeah. no, we were gonna fall through. But like, this also illustrates how long me and Dev had to watch this movie, and we just didn't. Yeah, and no, I got no, the no. most it's, of it watched this I morning, really, hungover. It's, it's, it's not easy, man. Like, I I'm notorious for like I used to say this in film school, but like. Black and white movies make me sleepy. Like they, for sure. well, so they make he, me tired. You know here's the saying? thing: like, I, I love all black and white movies. I love silent movies. Like yeah, I did actually. Like Wings is right up my alley. Yeah. I just I have a really hard time watching movies at home. Yeah. Like I really like when I'm rich and I have a home theater. I'm gonna get so much more shit watched. That's true. Like a lot of people like hit me up. They're like, "Bro, you have so many Blu-rays. Like, why haven't you like watched any of these?" It's because it's like it's hard for me to sit down in a regular ass chair yeah. and watch a movie. Like, I get distracted. Like, my phone's here. Like, you know, there's shit going on. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, like, I really, that's why I really appreciate movie theaters so much. And that's why, like, I was missing theaters. And I finally got back to theaters, like, this past weekend, mm-hmm. see Mortal Kombat. And I did double feature. I did Mortal Kombat and Godzilla uh, versus Kong. Nice. And, like, I, I if I try to watch those movies at home, like, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, like, I'm for not sure. watching those at that's home. That's why you got to get that 80 inch screen, like I did, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. And those a couch. black and whites look amazing. Here, when I yeah. finally buy a couch, I'm also going <laughs> to watch way more movies this is good like this is i'm like, on a fucking pop-up chair guys we're like, gonna I, listen back at this at one point and be like remember you didn't have a couch remember when i didn't have a couch yeah oh. 
If you want but, to help me buy a couch, you can follow us on Patreon at Lounge. <laughs> but no, look, I yeah, it is not for the uh, the faint of film watching hearts for sure. It is two and a half hour silent movie, lots of dialogue, too much dialogue, a lot of dialogue. Fact, uh, it's one of the reasons, and I'll I, I'll mention that I'll go ahead and mention it now. They pitched this script to Howard Hughes, and he said it was too sudsy. He did not want the romance, way too much dialogue. So he passed on this for that exact reason. Mm. And it was two and a half hours when this thing was released. It was fourteen reels of film to show at the theater. So wow! They would they holy would, shit. They'd show up to the theater with like a bucket, you know, fourteen canisters, <laughs> and they're like, "This is the movie." Was it like every twenty minutes? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Intermission. <laughs> that that thirteen year old chain smoker in the projection room. <laughs> It's like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. I thought this was an easy job. Jesus. It's like, I'm drunk as shit right now. I can't do this. I'm 13. (laughs) (laughs) My dad just beat me up to this morning, you know? Uh, (laughs) But that being said, I would... James Cagney? James Cagney? (laughs) Did he ever work in a movie theater? (laughs) No. Oh, maybe. I don't know. He had so many jobs, I couldn't keep up anymore. Imagine James Cagney changing out the rules. Oh, he probably did. He probably did at one point. Mad as shit. Acting was one of his, like, 100 job yeah. so i have no idea James Cagney mad as shit swapping out the like, wings reels bitch. <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch. Uh, but <laughs> that being said though i would highly recommend this um i, watched I wish i watched it i actually watched it all the way through because i was genuinely into it and it just got especially like towards the end the war scenes are out of this world epic and of course there's no cgi you know these are just like there's a scene of a plane dropping a bomb on a building, and yeah. then they do a cut-in yeah, we shot. Yeah, we were saying that before oh my. we started recording, man. Like they didn't have the luxury of like of stand-ins or nope. stunt doubles back then. Like so, if you see a shot of like debris falling on somebody's head, like mm-hmm. chances are there's oh. concussions going around. You and know we talked I mean? about like, this yeah. in the Cagney episode, Malik, but also live ammunition was being used a lot of What these in this movie they actually shot they, each other is, in planes? They so I don't think they <laughs> shot each other in the planes with the live ammo. But there are scenes on the ground where a dude's like in a foxhole and bullets straight like right next to him. Those are real. <laughs> like inches away from this man. And you can see him you can see him in the foxhole and then he looks up when the thing is done and then he like really quickly turns the other way and they like that, light him up that on was the a theme about movies back then it was all about just get the shot yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, get the get shot the like, shot did, did you get it all right. <laughs> wait so there's no sag at this point right no no sag oh, wasn't around until 1933 oh yeah james cagney started sag right it was the prohibition you know, like, I mean, we're talking about, this was the time where the union was the mafia, basically. Like, you know, that was, you would go to, you would go to Harry Cohen if you wanted a fucking union, you know. Oh, man. Right, I, Deb? I, you know. I was about to say, we should, I mean, we still should, we should do an episode on this, on the beginning of SAG. Yeah. But I forgot James Cagney started SAG. Yeah, well, he was one of them. Yeah. He, he was one SAG. of them. He was James one Cagney of them. James Cagney SAG. He was one of the very first members. I'm so tired of hitting all these ladies. They need more rides. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hurting my hand on these women's faces. I need representation. Why do I get more medical? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. My hand was out of commission for two days. My slapping hand. I had to go home and know my wife. 
My How slapping am I gonna hand earn was out living? of commission. <laughs> How am I going to earn a living? I'm becoming a star. My slapping hand's out, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. That's oh, awful. But it's funny, but that's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Wings was, uh, it was lost for decades. This movie was gone for a long time. Uh, they, Where did they put it? They, there was a lot of... We had this happen a lot of times in the 30s, and I think there was a big one in the 40s. These fucking studios would catch on fire. Because those old reels and of film... flammable. Everything was <laughs> so flammable. And there'd be a dude just sitting there smoking. Yes. There'd be a dude sitting there like... You know, I always wanted to be in the movie business. Boom! <laughs> 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 it's true. It's true. Deb saw that too. I went to go take a sip of my drink and I literally did a spit take. You said shit catches on fire. Dude, these reels of film were made out of like gasoline. Like they, they were they were filming on kerosene. <laughs> kerosene strips. <laughs> kerosene strips. And so like they like, were like it was, it was too flammable, so we added some nitroglycerin <laughs> in the packaging to calm it down. Seriously, dude, like a ray of sunlight would get into these warehouses and it was like an atom bomb. <laughs> and so we lost a lot of really good films to like a stray cigarette, you know? God, my side hurts so much. I'm Funny. in pain. But, uh... Oh, that happened to Gold Rush. Um, yes. And they restored it like because of there were some yeah. private investors who like had copies that yeah. were... In this case, they found it in Paramount Pictures had a vault in Paris that was called the Cinématique <laughs> no Francois. Yeah, it was a windowless, cigaretteless. I can't believe it lasted through France with all those cigarettes flying yeah, around. France didn't yeah, burn it the, out. these French cigarette smokers didn't burn this shit. But so they found it. Uh, Paramount Pictures found it in this archive, which bingo, that's gold. And it was it wasn't in very good shape, but they managed to restore it. Uh, and they rescored it. They they scored it over using the original music written for it that they found in the Library of Congress. They found like a manuscript wow, of the okay, music in right, the Library cool. of Congress. All right. And they rescored it using a uh, Dev. You'll love this. Dude, the they rescored it all in a Wurlitzer. Yeah. yeah. The whole the whole shebang was on that beautiful I'm Wurlitzer. You. I'm going to be in fucking L.A. in a couple months. We're going to take a field trip to the Nutter Cutter Absolutely. Museum, and I'm going to go show you guys a Wurlitzer plane, and we'll go yeah, watch a show let's there. Okay. go. But also, uh, one of the cool things is the sound effects were also added in by Skywalker Sound. So, like, George Lucas had a big part of the restoration of this film. Wow. And, yeah. And Skywalker Ranch and George, you know, George Lucas is actually a big part of the restoration of a lot of films. He's, Him and Scorsese are really mm -hmm. big on that. Like, they're really big into the film preservation and, like, yeah. just making sure the past stays. Like, that's what Hugo, that movie oh, Hugo really? was all about. Oh, really? That's right. It was all so, about that. yeah. so, what happened with Indiana Jones? <laughs> well, that one that one got reverse restored. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the man wanna, who is so, we want to be sure we keep things in their original format. Right, and every time right. Disney releases a new version of Star Wars, 
There's like, yeah. you know, Han never shot anything at all, much less oh shot. Oh my god, or, or, or CGIing over millions of dollars of beautiful, <laughs> like, practical effects. That was, yeah, the man who is so into restoring classic films sure is not good at restoring his own. That's well, sure. okay, I want, because I, I'm, I'm the biggest George Lucas hater, because I, like, I think the Star Wars movies, and we'll get into them eventually, you, this is not a conversation for today, but I think all the Star Wars movies are bad. shut your dirty mouth, is what you do. I think all the Star Wars movies are bad, okay? Uh, we'll get into it one day it's not the day for it uh but i actually like so i i'm a very big george lucas critic i actually totally understand him it's his art it's not the way he wanted he's fixing what this is creator's intent this is what he always wanted to do and couldn't and who are we to tell a man what to do with his own art like if he wants to like look if he wants to cgi shrek into this bitch do that my guy do it and let that be the only version of anyone could get someone maybe not me but maybe could argue that once you release that art and it gets so big and such a part of culture that it is it's bigger than you now, my Drake, friend. Drake, you sound okay. you sound like the church when they rewrote the King James Bible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Look, who are we to question Jesus?" <laughs> You're like, "It's no. our art. It's gonna be this way, and fuck all these other versions." <laughs> <laughs> Look. Yo, I'm, hey. all, I'm all for communism, but George, <laughs> this is it's not our okay. Star Wars. Okay. This will be for another episode of uh, <laughs> It's not yes. our Star Wars. Star Wars history. Our Star Wars. But listen, since uh, Dev and Drake did not watch this movie, <laughs> I'm going to kind of run through. I'm going to set it up for you guys, just Please. like we did for Waterworld. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you like the the beginning of the movie, okay. and I recommend going to rent it on Amazon for two ninety nine and watching mm. it. While I'm talking about it, okay. it'll be like film history, science theater, like a live commentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a silent movie. So why not? Yeah, exactly. What are you gonna do? Sit there and listen to? I mean, it is. It's a cool school. Remember, they used to do great, that on DVDs. Actually. You should listen to the director's commentary. Oh, that's right. They don't do that anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. All, All the right. directors are too lazy. They have their own podcast already. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the director's commentary turned yeah, into a like, podcast. Yeah, for Patreon, you can listen so to you the, the director's commentary. Yeah, <laughs> five dollars a month. <laughs> All right, wings. So the movie opens on a beautifully hand painted title card that reads "A Small Town." <laughs> that's where this takes place. A small town, and it's kind of funny because I thought at first I was like, "That's ridiculous. Why would you do that?" But then I've learned about how these movies would come out, and it was uh, roadshow movies where they would release this movie in different cities at a time. So it like oh. toured basically. So they, they want toured. people to be like, "This could be my this city. is my town, a small yeah. town. That's where I live." You know, uh. <laughs> except for when you get up to New York, maybe they just cut that card. They're like a big city. You know, <laughs> 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 they introduce some main characters. Charles Buddy Rogers stars as Jack. A cute small town boy who dreams to be a pilot, and he works on his car all day, making it go faster. You know that type of guy, mm-hmm. probably like seventeen. Mm-hmm. And there's a girl helping Jack with his car, named Mary, the local hideous tomboy who nobody wants to fuck because she wasn't ladylike, mm-hmm. you know, basically. And she's working on a car like some kind of non-ladylike swamp woman. Now the interesting thing about Mary. <laughs> being this small town hideous tomboy is that she is played by Clara Bow. And Clara Bow at the time 
Claire Bow is a silent film legend, like the biggest movie star in the world at the time. Just to kind of give you a little bit of perspective of how big of a star she was, you remember the Cagney episodes where he was squabbling with Warner Brothers over like six grand a week or whatever? Yeah. In 1928, Clara Bow was making $35,000 a week on her contract. That's the equivalent of 550 grand a week. What? That's how big of a movie the star fuck? she was. She was a millionaire every month. Wow. Yeah. We should do an episode on her. Oh, we, we're absolutely... We're, she's got a three-parter. Okay. It'll be cool. a three-parter yeah. for yeah. her. Because yeah. her whole story, oh my God, dude. She went like... She got her husband put her in a loony bin in the 40s. What the fuck? Dude. And she also, she was going to write an autobiography, but it was so, she had had sex with so many people in her life in Hollywood. <laughs> she didn't write it because for one, it would be like putting all these actors and actresses, you know, on blast. On blast. And also she was worried that her kids would read it. So she just never wrote it. Wow. What the, <laughs> dude, dude, what? She was... Yeah. Okay. I was going to say uh, it sounded just off the cuff from what you described that, you know, either her husband put her in the loony bin like you are making way too much money. You are way too powerful. <laughs> right. Do You're something. a monster. You're you a know. monster. Yeah. And she and just she also, knowing that was... industry and that industry at the time, how much like the casting couch was a real fucking thing that yeah, it's kind of like, oh, God damn. Every studio exec. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah, absolutely. And she was it she didn't really translate well to talkies. She did a few talkies when they started talking and filming in the thirties and it just it like a bunch of those silent movie stars, it just didn't really work out for her. But in the twenties, she was Margot Robbie. Like wow. hot, rich, super famous. Clara Bow mm. was they were literally uh the the flapper girls of the twenties. F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote The Great Gatsby, he said Clara Bow was like the the OG flapper. She was the girl who every flapper girl in the 20s was trying to be. They were dressing like Clara. Wow. She would make a move and it'd land on the magazine. Wow. Every girl on the street would look like Clara after that. So yeah, basically Clara Bow's in this movie and it's like 1990s Angelina Jolie puts on glasses and a ponytail and I guess the audience is supposed to be like, ew! Yo, she was know? still hot. Like, I was like, I was like, I do not buy that this man's not interested in this No, woman. I know. Like, That's I, the, yeah, of course. Like, who's this dog woman? You know, it's like Clara Bow. It's like, you know. <laughs> like, I didn't not buy that's the thing like because i watched the first 20 minutes of this movie i was like i don't buy that he's not no, this girl no because like, so she's helping him work on the car and i guess we're supposed to be like oh she's a dirty hand girl you know <laughs> and she's in love with jack that's the reason why she's here helping him work on the car she really wants to kiss jack she wants to you know knock boots whatever and uh, she even names his car she calls it the shooting star and she's all like, you know, when you see a shooting star, you can kiss the girl you love most. No mention whether or not, like, consent has anything to do with that. But it was the 1920s, so the answer is no. So, so Jack's like, kiss the girl I love? Hell yeah, I'll do that. And he gets in his car and he fucking away. peels out, leaving, you know, dog face Mary in the dust. Mary, gross woman. And because uh, Jack, see, he likes Sylvia. The cute lady-like girl from the city. She's from the big city. She's just passing through this shit town. See the lessons that they're teaching? <laughs> this, it's like, if a woman works on cars, stay away from her. Right, right. She knows how to use her hands and shit. 
Can't really trust them. Can't trust that woman. She might be too independent for you, my man. You know, like Sylvia. You know, she she sits in the shade and like plays the lute and wears dresses. Yeah, she puts makeup on. Yeah, she she puts puts makeup more on. even killed. She's more the Marion <laughs> type. You know, <laughs> she's playing the lute. By the way, the lute. That's how ladylike Sylvia is. <laughs> I don't know how to play the lute. I don't know what a lute is. Exactly. Guess who does? Sylvia. And Jack's in love with her. But Sylvia is in love with David Armstrong, the handsome, rich kid in town whose family's all wealthy. They don't really say how he's wealthy. They just say his family's the richest in town. That sets up the romance in the movie. You know, that, that the rest of the movie, it's like these small town dudes. They like the same girl. There's a girl who likes him. He doesn't like her. And this is the reason why Howard Hughes said no. <laughs> Howard this Hughes is the like, sudsy shit he was the talking sudsy about. shit. Like, what is this? Which, it's a World War One airplane. Epic. By the yeah. way, uh, if you don't recall, what was this? Twenty seven. Three years later, Howard Hughes came out with Hell's Angels in nineteen thirty. And no that means that, bitch. that means he yeah, but it was a fucking flying movie with all the airplanes and the blimps yeah. and shit that he spent shit time. He saw that this won the fucking Oscar, and then he was like, right. "Shit, right. I shouldn't I'll have make, passed on that. that." And then for like two years, went to go film that movie. It got crazy expensive, over budget, and delayed, and all that. And then uh, you know, Sorry, I, I didn't, didn't win an Oscar up. for Hell's Angels. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know what this movie was though? Wings. I made this. I made this comparison. It's fucking Pearl Harbor. I was just yes. gonna say that it's Pearl Harbor. It is Pearl Harbor. It is. Yeah. It's because it has this. I was just gonna say that it has the small pilots and everything. Hometown drama. Yes. I think. I think it's uh, yes. Pearl Harbor is Wings. <laughs> yeah, Pearl Harbor is Wings. Yeah. And Pearl, <laughs> Pearl Harbor is Wings. Way, way, way worse. <laughs> At least Wings had all the shooty, shooty. Yeah, know, bomby, I, would, I would say like <laughs> the the it won the Oscar probably for like what it did like practically Technically and practically. Like if yeah. you cut the if you took the Howard Hughes notes, this probably still wins the Oscar. No, like, oh, I don't dude, think yeah. it won the Oscar because of Love Triangle. When we get into the making of this film, it okay. it earned its Best Picture. Okay, it definitely earned it. But yeah, so it's setting up this like gleeful small town youth existence until the next card reads. So youth laughed and wept and lived its heedless hour while over the world hung a cloud which spread and spread until its shadow fell in some degree on every living person. War! And this really cool like hot branding iron comes out and it says like war. It's really fucking cool. It's really cool. And youth answered the challenge. There's like a shot of a door that says aviation examining station. Here was a door that only the bravest of the brave dared open. A path of glory mounting toward the stars. Life marched at double quick in those feverish days of 17, 1917. Drums beat, bugles called, that's a that's BC for sure. Bugles called, everywhere feet were hurrying, lips were pressed and parting, except for on Mary because she's ugly and disgusting. So basically, World War One breaks out, and every sexy small town boy is going to the recruiting <laughs> station. You know. Well, okay. So I actually I was still watching at this point. Like this is before this is before I got you know I I, I fell asleep. Um. Yeah. Uh. But uh, this felt like propaganda. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it felt like war propaganda. Uh, so oh man, there's something 
It is. Okay. It is. I mean, that's what movies were back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Malik's right. You only had so many lessons you could sell to the crowd. The military was extremely involved Bro. in making these films. Really? Yeah. Extremely. Okay. Bro, those planes mm-hmm. aren't free. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it, Deb's right. And we'll get into just how free they were not. <laughs> so, of course, small town boys, uh, Jack and David, they want to be fighter pilots. Uh, if the title didn't give that one away, wings. And, you know, it's two two pilots, one girl, just like your favorite porn. Um, but one thing, though, I mean, I will say this, too. This was not the first war film to be made by any stretch, you know, but, and it was not even one of the first movies to be made. We had been making motion pictures for a, a, quite a while since, yeah. before this, but. Yeah, Nostratu. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, and I mean, old cowboys were sitting around in theaters and shit, but also, like, imagine though, it's 1926, 27, and you were in World War One as a fighter pilot, maybe a small town guy. Maybe you've never even seen a movie before. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a chance, mm-hmm. and you go to this theater and you, and you exactly watch the shit. You yeah, <laughs> I'm like, sure a lot of people were having fucking triggered. Absolutely, triggered. dude. I imagine the PTSD in some of these movie theaters was out of control. Well, especially yeah. because these shots. But the only way to do a lot of these shots is first person. Because right. you have models, so you couldn't do a third perspective of a dogfight that easily. So you're in the cockpit while looking down the gun barrel, and that's putting the audience, you know, you that's saw. recalling. Recreating similar viewpoints Seeing to what people you that saw. were actually in war. Yeah. Like my, grandfather yeah. said he, my grandfather said he would not go watch Saving Private Ryan because he was in D-Day. And yeah. he was like, I am never going to watch yeah. that. I never I, want to even talk about I it. I think about this a lot with video games. Like, yeah. we just make entertainment about the most scarring yep. day of people's lives. Yep. The most like, dramatic. <laughs> like, Call of, Duty World, Call of Duty World War II, like, opens with you, like, storming the beach of Normandy yeah. for, like, entertainment like, purposes. people still alive that are fucked up. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. It's my... like, like, can they play that? Like, <laughs> like imagine sitting Dude. down and playing a video game about Take the worst... Stick. Take the, sticks, the worst day of your life. You still got it? <laughs> you still, you got, still it? got it? Granddad. You still got it, granddad? Yo, you remember that guy? The guy just fucking got his head blown out next to you. Like, yo, you remember that dude? He's like, yeah, I went to college with that man. <laughs> yeah, he was my best friend. There was other PTSD too stuff. Like, I, like Sylvia. There's a scene where Sylvia is putting together this locket for David to take with him, and it's got her picture and all that. All of Sylvia turned out to be a two-time bitch, but that's another story. But uh, fuck that she's bitch. like, yeah, fucking Sylvia. This the ladylike. Yeah, woman? the ladylike woman. She was playing these dudes. She's so playing the, these small the real dudes. Lessons? You know what's what I'm the, saying? What's the real lesson? <laughs> They're telling you. Trust the car girl. <laughs> Trust the car girl. <laughs> And, but she's, like, putting together a little locket, and Dave's parents are saying goodbye to him, and he's got, like, a teddy bear from his childhood and stuff. And I just, I don't know, even for, like, again, you know, some mother in a small town whose son died in World War One to be seeing this, probably hurt. Mm-hmm. I imagine it would hurt a lot, yeah. you know. it was, And it, some of the, I, I don't know, you don't, if you had never seen a film before, that's one thing, but I mean, some of these people had definitely seen movies before, mm-hmm. but not at the rate that we do. You know, this yeah. was a big deal. Like, right, to yeah. see this shit playing in front of you on screen was mm-hmm. a big deal. And another reason why I think Best Picture. You yeah. know, another reason why I was like, this thing is capturing emotions that yeah. some people have not even faced. Yeah. I'm getting too deep with this shit. No, but, no, not at all. Yeah. 
I, I like that. That's that is that's the one of the first times, like as we as a society probably dealt with the idea of like art, like yeah. imitating life. Like, should we be showing these people yeah. this thing? That I'm they sure went it was incredibly through. controversial. Imagine like, it. Yeah. Imagine as if it's like being on a theme park ride for the first time. Like the first yeah. time you go on a roller coaster, you're like, "Holy shit, that was terrifying. That was exciting. That was fun. That was great." But in the, but afterward, you're kind of just like, "Whoa." you know and then yeah that's kind of i feel like what the audience members in the academy was probably feeling about this particular movie because it was that dynamic with (laughs) his plane fights and shit but then imagine the roller coaster like you know at the end it pulls through like d-day and you just yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) right yeah It's like the roller coaster the flies off, off the hell. track. The last minute. It's <laughs> uh, off the track. Yeah. The roller coaster ride just relives your worst nightmare at the end. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, so they're about to head to war, and Jack's like, oh, shit, I forgot to say bye to that what's-her-face, Mary, you know. Uh, so Mary also gives him a, gives Jack a picture to bring with him, and he's all like, thanks, bud. Like, you can so have a car So can we want, just call them Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett? Yeah, 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 ben, yeah. I'd say Dave would be Ben, and Jack would be Josh for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. Okay. <laughs> Word. But um, this and the next part is cool too. This is one of the reasons why I really love this film. It shows things that are historic, just because at the time it was being filmed. You know, like they show them training. The next thing is them going to the training school. And they're in like those big spinny contraptions that you know, like a hamster wheel. Simulate, yeah, basically. <laughs> no, it's more like an like it's more like a, a electronic bull. Like they would sit in this like cockpit on a bunch of bungee cords and spin around and basically oh, try I to remember like recreate. that footage of that shit. Yeah. It was crazy yeah. and supposed and to like, like flying yeah. out of it. Yeah, yeah. Did people used to like um? Was that to get people used to like uh, motion sickness and stuff? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they're okay. gonna like put you through the pit. G- like they, they do. They couldn't like it simulate G forces. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It was like a '20s version of that NASA thing where they just spin yeah. you around in a. Bungee. They were like, "Hey yeah. guys, we don't need to do this with bungee cords." <laughs> Took a fucking NASA scientist to figure that out. <laughs> and then they uh, they're firing thirty caliber machine guns at paper airplanes these huge like mm-hmm. cardboard airplanes on yeah. probably not cardboard ply- plywood yeah. uh on these big strings you know and they're like aiming and learning how to shoot down planes one of my favorite parts though is that they start <laughs> they're training they're boxing <laughs> and it's like just in case you're up there and you run out of ammo and you need to like start pun- like punching these other airplanes you know <laughs> you imagine like two airplanes run out of ammo and they just get close and fly next to each other and just start punching they're in that old irish like boxing stance that old cagney stance you know but uh and it, it, it is kind of interesting though it did make me think about the history of dog fighting because this was world war one was the first time that we started shooting at each other in planes really before this in early world war one um i don't remember exactly but basically we were just running planes for reconnaissance you know we were, were just going over places bombs. well we were like and, wait a minute we can use this we can use this so basically the legend has it is that these two guys were on you know opposite forces and they would pass each other in their planes every day going to their own 
perspective airfields, and you know they're on the enemy. And the, the legend has it is that one point they got so pissed at each other because they kept like "fuck you, fuck you" every time they'd pass. That one day one of them brought a pistol and started shooting at the other guy in the air Dog when they pass each other. Dog fighting was born. The what? other guy brought a pistol the next time and they started shooting at each other with pistols. And these and are this biplanes are, that are going biplanes. Like eighty-seven yeah, they, miles then they an realized, hour in the air. Then they realized how hard it was to fly the plane and right, out. right, right, right. Drive by. So they were like, we should try to put the guns. On the plane. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> what? And for some reason, not only should we try to put the guns on the plane, we should try to put the heaviest ones on the plane. You know, like the thirty caliber Browning machine gun. That I've I've picked one of these things up before. It's like impossible. <laughs> Can't you just picture like one guy with his hand on the fucking wheel and like leaning out of the plane, just like <laughs> shooting against the wind? The shell casings are just hitting him in the head as he's like, yeah. like this is <laughs> he's like, this is incredible. Incredibly, uh, like, uh, inefficient. planes had the fucking turret on the back originally, right? And it was like the gunner on the yeah. back and the pilot in the front. Well, before, well they even kept before that. shooting their yeah. own wings off. Mm-hmm. And they, that's yeah. why they stuck the guns mounted on the front and they hooked it to the propeller so that there yeah. was like a counter. The interrupter. Every time the propeller yeah. would like spin so it wouldn't shoot the blades. But yeah, that was the other yeah, part when they first started mounting. Yeah, idiots doing this and fucking yeah. blowing their own tail off. While yeah, that happened a lot. Dudes are blowing off their own propellers and everything. But uh, but this guy who was training them in boxing, I want to tell you guys a bit about. He was a very interesting man. Uh, it's James his, Cagney's his... dad. <laughs> I'm sure James Cagney knew this guy. He probably trained with him. His name, his character name in the movie is Sarge, but he was played by a man named Gunboat Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What? It's either a a hardened army sergeant or it's a porn star's name. Uh, Kind of, kind of all the above, Deb. So this guy's name was Gunboat, and uh, if this were if this were boxing history, the history of boxing, everybody would know who I'm talking about right now with old Gunboat. Gunboat was a six foot two heavyweight boxer at the time. He had 140 fights in his career. 81 of those he won, and 38 of those were by way of knockout. This dude, of course, Malik, he's from Philly, by the way. Ah, of course, the mecca of boxers, especially back go, in these yeah. days. Yeah. And uh, this dude was a beast. He, he, he definitely earned his name Gunboat. He, he fought 12 guys in his career who would become Hall of Fame boxers, this guy. Wow. One of them being Jack Johnson. He wow. fought Jack Johnson. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. Is Gunboat in the Hall of Fame? He, no, he's uh, not. Uh, he was kind of... Uh, you'd see that a lot with these boxers where, like, they fought the greatest, but they were kind of just the dudes who fought the greatest, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, no, but he... needed uh, two names to be in the, <laughs> in the Hall of Fame. Gunboat is just not accepted. <laughs> Gunboat. Old Gunboat. <laughs> yeah, imagine, imagine dunking someone named Gunboat like, in the Hall of Fame. What's your thing. first name, sir? Gun. <laughs> <laughs> Last name? Boat. <laughs> <laughs> Middle name Fist. <laughs> Old gunboat. Um so but so speaking speaking of Jack Johnson though, in nineteen fourteen, gunboat won the White Hope Heavyweight Championship. <gasps> the what? The White Hope Heavyweight Championship, a title created by boxing promoters because due to the unpopularity that black Jack Johnson was heavyweight champion. 
So they made, they were like, no, no, no. Jack Johnson can't be heavyweight. Let's start like another title, you know, the the White Hope title. White Hope. So Gunboat held that. I don't what, know if he was very proud of it or not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure after a while they were like, let's not do that anymore. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah where'd that go? Where'd that? <laughs> it was. It didn't last long. James, would you hold the White Hope <laughs> no, <laughs> no. boxing title today? I quit boxing. I quit boxing. I quit boxing. That wouldn't bring you out. That wouldn't gun, bring you back gun, out, dude. Like the gun, White Hope belt. Nobody's holding that right now, bro. Old, you can take it. Old gunboat, gunboat Jimmy. Old gunboat Jimmy Deloy would hang up his boxing gloves like, that day. You know what I'm saying? That White Hope is that's still hanging. Belt, you can get that right now. The belt is just Jake a Paul. Nobody got that right now. Jake Paul has it. Jake Paul does that. He's got the White Hope belt. <laughs> what is the the dev? What's the belt? What'd you say? I was like, the belt just is a giant bullseye. <laughs> yes, yeah. and you have to wear it on your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Did they bring out like a hood with the belt, like, like a big pointy? Here's hood? uh here's your belt and your complimentary hood and outfit. Uh, you get meetings uh, on Saturday. Decoder ring and you know here's gift cards for Applebee's. To burn down all the movies. <laughs> this belt gets you discounts at oh. all Cracker Barrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this belt gets you. The the key to the city in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I really no, honestly I wonder what like what the belt looked like. Like I didn't say the white hope. The white hope. Yeah, it was, it was just a belt. It was really just a bunch of karate white belts strung together. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it actually did not last long. They really did get it the fuck out of there. They were like, no, no, Even no, in no. The 20s. Yeah, these are a bunch of boxing promoters trying to do this. I'm sure like the league was like, no. <laughs> Even no. in the 20s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, even No, dude, the 20s were more progressive. Yeah. Like, we'll even get yeah. into that a little bit in this episode. The 20s were not... This that shit didn't oh, start yeah, until yeah. the thirties, forties, fifties. Like the twenties, where everybody parties, mm-hmm. we're all like hanging loose. It's hard to hate love. someone and get drunk with them. Exactly, like. <laughs> exactly. There was a lot of free love in the twenties. The twenties was definitely a wild time. The Roaring Twenties. They were doing all the drugs before all the drugs were illegal. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they were like, doctor, prescribe me some heroin, cocaine, and cannabis. <laughs> I have a headache. <laughs> the doctor's got, like, that's I what I took this morning. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor have, like, oh, have some of mine. Have some of mine. You don't even. You fun fact: You don't even it? need a, a prescription for cocaine anymore. Right. It's in this lovely soda pop. Here it's you go. Coca- I mean, look at the recipe of Coca Cola, bro. Do you know like, how much? Do you know how much cocaine was in a bottle of Coca Cola when so, we all? It was three and a half grams in Coca Cola, bro. The first, yeah. the first yeah. batch of Coca Cola. If you had one like in a glass right yeah. now. That should probably be. It's an eight ball. There's an eight ball. That's like what a Coca Cola was. Was like an eight ball of Coke and some soda water. What were you gonna say, Deb? No, I was like, there's still cocaine on the top in Coca Cola. They just so legally, Coca Cola Company is the largest importer of cocaine. By the federal what? government. What they do is they process it in his lab in New Jersey and they remove the intoxicating oh. drug element out of it. Those dudes in New Jersey are getting lit. Oh, you, know, oh. you know somebody's going home with a fucking... Oh, I'll, like, I'll remove the intoxicating drug. At the very least, they're at work gumming it up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They're at work fucking... <laughs> Pass work gumming it up at I'll, the very I'll, least. I'll, I'll take the Coca. It. I'll take the Coca Cola without the cola gunboat. You know what I'm saying? 
Gumboat. We're gumming it up in Jersey. Gumboat. Gumboat <laughs> took a whole new meaning. <laughs> Gumboat Gumbo was also part of history. Uh, he was in the first ever Great Gatsby film a year before this, in 1926. He played Burt. And F. Scott Fitzgerald was actually on set when was, of that when movie. When was that movie book written? Back in the day, in the 20s, baby. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, written okay, in so. the 20s and took place in They the started 20s. doing the movie like a year later. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was about to say, that was a quick adaptation. Like, yeah. yeah. It was written for film. It's um, like the first <laughs> Harry Potter. Yeah, right, right. Scott Fitzgerald. Well, yeah, true. Was, yeah. They remade it three times. The, the best one to me is the 70s, man. The one with Robert Redford. Robert Redford killed that role. He was he was Gatsby in my opinion. I love Leo, but I think that movie got messed up. Robert Redford great Gatsby. I'm just putting it out there. We can do film history on the Great Gatsby. Movies. Yeah, we definitely could. Actually, yeah, for sure. So they're going to introduce a character that I want to tell you about named Cadet White. <laughs> While we're on this White Hope train, I guess Cadet White <laughs> played. He was played by an actor named Gary Cooper. Who, yeah, who also went on to become, this was his first role. He was in it for two minutes, and this blew his fucking career up. Dude, he became a huge movie star after two minutes of this movie. I wish War Pigs had done that for me, but it didn't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> And not only did this movie, all two minutes that he was in it, make him a huge movie star, he also started hooking up with Clara Bow while he was there. Wait, wait so wait, but what? That's the car one? That's no, the, this guy was... The, yeah, that's, that's the dog woman. The, the dog woman. Clara Bow was... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Clara yeah, yeah. Bow was woman. the dog woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah the hideous dog woman. The hideous dog the, woman. The bearded lady at the circus. But no... <laughs> but Gary Cooper... Gary Cooper, if you watch it, you can see why, too. Like, this guy was, like, way too hot to be in the 20s. Like, this dude was, like, tall, handsome... Bright eyes. I would fuck this guy is basically what I'm saying, you know. So he became, like, this huge movie star, dated Claire Bow. It's funny because he's only in the movie for two minutes because, spoiler alert, he, he dies in training, you know. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it. I know. If you guys haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I know it's I just came out, but he dies in training. It's a huge deal. He's literally almost 100 years old. <laughs> but, dude, I, I swear to you, this guy started dating Claire Bow, and he's like, all right, I don't have to be in this movie anymore. Like, I, 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 got did, everything I, I did what I needed to I do. I got everything yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> I'm I'm in Hollywood now. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the setup. Like after that, they train, and then, uh, you know, I could go on and on. It's it's an epic, epic war film. After this, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Like after after you get all. Here's the thing. Like, I obviously love like story and dialogue and stuff, but like I feel like you got to understand your medium. Yeah. And this movie, like at the beginning, like clearly didn't. It's like, bro, like you're Pearl a Harbor. silent film. I you're like this is a visual novel at this point. Like yeah. you're asking me to read way too much. Yeah. Like and so like this, I, I feel like yeah, the second half they're just like they started showing like the action and stuff. But yeah. it's like I understand like why Howard Hughes says no because it's like for if sure. this was if there was dialogue, yes, I'm here for the setup. Like yeah. I'm here for that emotional core. But like that's and this is a question I had because I love silent films and I love um like movies of this era. But most of them that I've seen, to be honest, are like Charlie Chaplin films, mm-hmm. and I feel like Charlie. Chaplin understood his medium so well and there was very little reading like a lot of the story was told visually right which makes a lot of sense when there's no dialogue right. was more were most silent films 
Charlie Chaplin style? Was he just super yes. good at it? Or were most of them like visual novels? Most of them before these started coming out in the late 20s, like most of them were, like you said, they were mostly visual. You know, you had Buster Keaton, you had Charlie. Yeah. They were doing big stunts, big antics. You would have the occasional, especially coming out of like Europe. You know, France was definitely putting out a lot of like very artsy, silent films that were very uh, story and dialogue driven. But yeah, I think for the most part, these are something to go eat some popcorn and yeah. get out of the hot sun into some AC for a while or so whatever. This, this was the anomaly. To this ask the, people to read this book. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I could be totally wrong. To be completely honest, uh, I'm not as up on my silent film history as I should be. I, I start more, you know, in the CAG days. The BC era has have yet to dive really, really into. But, yeah, I would say so. I would definitely say this was... But also, that being said, I mean, look, if you were to go back in time and ask, like I was saying, one of those World War II, World War One vets, mm-hmm. what did you think of it? They might be like, I really appreciated that they put all that small town stuff in there because right. that was sure. the same shit I went through. Right, you know? I understand. Like, if this was a movie made today, like, you have to have that right. in there. Like, that's the emotional like we core. We Were Soldiers starts out with that. And, right, yeah. like, that's the emotional core. Like, that's what makes you care about mm-hmm. the action that happens later. Like, I totally understand narratively why it exists. Yeah. And then just, you got, like, you know, Dunkirk. Dunkirk Listen, starts in the oh, war, yeah. you know. You've got to be emotionally invested in Josh Hartnett dying That's at the true, end. That's true, man. And Ben Affleck going and raising and- his best friend's kid. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and you know, absolutely smashing his wife after he died, you know. That was really nice of him, I thought. I thought it was like, really nice what for are him. For? At the I thought it was nice day. for him to cuck his, his dead best friend. Um <laughs> I've never seen this movie. Pearl Harbor? Yeah, I've never seen Pearl Harbor. Oh, God, dude. Is it Michael I, Bay, watching? man? Michael yeah, Bay. it's Michael Bay. Oh, it's, it's a Michael Bay movie? Yeah. I'm watching it. Yeah. Go give it a watch. Go I mean, watch. yeah, I'm watching it. Okay. It. You won't learn much about Pearl Harbor. I don't imagine but... I would. <laughs> I don't imagine I would. <laughs> You'll definitely learn about the romance between two fictional characters. I, I, either, Michael Bay movies are one of two things for me. Either I watch five minutes of it and I'm like, I cannot sit through this. Yeah. Or it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, sure. it's one of the two. Like, if, like, uh, what was that fucking god awful movie he put on Netflix a couple years back? Oh, yeah. Transformers? Um, it was like six something it was like uh, uh, do you guys know what I'm talking about no oh yeah six I do but I don't remember five minutes of that and I was like I can't do this but Pain and Gain Greatest oh, movie ever seen. Of course, I love. Of course, games. yeah, that's it's great. ten out of ten movie. Yeah, of course, that's where I'm at. Michael Bay. It's either ten out of ten or zero out of ten. That's like the best. The Rock. Yes, is. I would say. It's, yeah, I would say sure. that's the only he's, time The yeah. Rock has ever acted. And he's an yeah. actor in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he was incredible in that. They were all good, but yeah, but like I said, go watch Wings. It's got World War One flying action, and you definitely get to see what it was like to shoot at each other with 30 caliber machine guns while you're flying around. Well, they and also did a bunch of you. Un- it's the shots. I mean, what do you guys think? I haven't even seen this. I just saw the highlights and like YouTube clips. So I didn't see all the full length, but from what I could tell some of those shots, like from the perspective of the pilots and stuff, but also like the one where they're moving across the tables in the bar or restaurant scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that yeah. had never been done before. There was like yeah. little tricks that, this movie yeah. they tried the same way like Citizen Kane was so notable, not necessarily for one reason, but because, oh, you know, this new technique was tried and showcased. You know, Hitchcock was the same oh, way. Oh, for sure. 
Well, and there's also, there was stuff that was shown in this movie that I could not believe. Like I was saying, I go back to that thing about the 1920s, and there was stuff, uh, a, a dude, like, I mean, there's pl- there's a lot of violence, a lot of blood. It was all chocolate syrup, but it was, like, way bloodier than I expected this to be. Um, Clara Bow has, she shows her boobs in a flash of this movie. There's, like, nipple and everything in this movie in what? the 20s. Yeah. You should, you lead with that. Tell me that. I'll go watch it then. There are boobs and guns in this movie. That is all I got to say. She shows her boobs, and I'm pretty sure it was because sure the people this who... isn't a Michael Bay film? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was because at the time, they never anticipated for us to be able to pause these films. You know? Oh, <laughs> so it's sure. just like it's yeah, a flash. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and there's there's one of the big <laughs> one of the big deals is uh well for one they show Clara Bow's boobs they show some naked dudes as well. And, oh, okay, now I'm in. Yeah, yeah. now we're in. Right. And there's also uh one of the first times ever it it actually was a big deal for this movie. There's two women on a date in a scene. There's a same sex couple what? in and a scene of this movie. No, yeah. and if, correct me if I'm wrong, James, but this is also the first uh man on man on screen kiss. <laughs> it could be, man. It definitely could be. He definitely kissed sure. his homie. I'm pretty sure <laughs> you might be right. You might be right about that. I actually should have Googled that. Yeah, this movie's wild. It, this movie's wild, man. Uh Buddy Rogers, the actor, he actually got wasted for a scene. There's a scene where he's actually he's drunk actually in drunk scene. in that he's scene. He's twenty two in the, yeah. the movie. He's twenty two yeah. when he's doing the movie. Yeah. He never drank before. Yeah. Wait, really? So yeah. every take was a real shot and he just got fucked. Yeah, because they're wow. not gonna give you fake champagne. <laughs> Nothing was real. <laughs> Nothing was fake back Nothing in the day. They didn't have a budget for like, oh, let's just make this shit look like right. champagne. No. <laughs> Get the champagne. The Get bullets the are real. The booze are real. The boobs are real. The kisses are uh, real. The slaps funny. are real. Listen, it's like everything was method. There, Stan, yeah. Meisner had not come around yet. Everything was Stanislavski. He's like, you know, we want real bullets and ammunition. Put yourself in the real shoes. Everybody's trying to be it's so funny. Lewis. There's a there's a scene in the movie where they're like on the battlefield and you're and this dude's like in the little like fucking foxhole. Yeah, and he's shooting at soldiers and a fucking tank just oh, comes over crushes and crushes and so you see it crushing the, the the tank right you see it crushing the foxhole and you're thinking oh it's just the wide of a tank like driving over a foxhole with nobody in it nope they cut <laughs> to the in. shot of him inside with the ceiling just caving on him oh my like, god <laughs> Yeah, bro, and it's like, yeah, like they shot that. That was somebody. They had to dig somebody out of from under there. Insane. There also had to be a cameraman down there too. Like insane. And we'll get to it, but a lot, a lot. Well, most of those soldiers were actual soldiers. That's one of the reasons why they did all this crazy shit. Is most of the soldiers on set were actually okay. And uh, also, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I had this thought last night while I was watching it. The like you were saying is so dialogue heavy. They're talking to each other a lot in the movie, even though you can't hear what they're saying. What if we took this movie, ADR'd this thing, colorized it? I I bet you could put and just cut the cards. You cut yeah. the dialogue cards yeah. and just ADR. It would be a very compelling movie still. Might be something. I think yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Patreon <laughs> special episode has yeah. us doing uh, wings. I love wings. This. I love yes. this idea. We will, I love we will this cast idea. it. We'll, we'll fully. We'll do like a table read, but and we'll have everybody be a character, Perfect. and we'll just go and wing it and improv it. We'll wing it. Wings, we'll wing it, dude. Wing it. And you That's know what the probably... episode will be called. Winging it. 
<laughs> and all these fucking movies are in public domain because they didn't know how to copyright them back then. Oh, for uh, real? So for real? Wait, well, own this? Not only, dude, but if we do this, our version over it, it's not. Pu- it's ours. That's true. It's we, ours. We, yeah. We fucking What's did it originally. True. We're definitely doing this. Yeah, Wait, when when Devin doesn't own this. Well, when Devin and I did the first iteration of film history back in the day, this was a very common theme that these films were not copywritten correctly. The copyright laws were different back then. Exactly. Too. They, they were shorter terms, so it wasn't until Disney came along in, in the 1950s and lobbied Congress to literally rewrite the laws of copyright to and favor Disney, actually. But uh, before that time, it was right. kind of the wild, wild west. And people would steal from each other all the time. And as soon as somebody's copyright ran out, people would fucking grab it and run with it and do right. whatever. It was, it was fucked up. E- even if the copyright was done right on this one, it was it, the copyright was done in 1923. So in 2023, it'll hit the 100-year mark where it'll be public domain anyway. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Even if it was done right. That's how yeah, old this no one's renewing is. the Wings IP. No, no. I think, yeah. I think previously before Disney, the copyright was like 15 years or like 25 yeah. years or so, something yeah. like so, that. So technically, if we wanted to like rewrite and just retell the story, we could. I, yeah. I mean, yep. keep, I mean, we could even use the same Pearl name. Harbor, yeah. Pearl Harbor did it already. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean, the thing. Like, yeah. yeah. It's not a totally unique get story. We sued but... by Michael Bay. He might, he might <laughs> fucking try to claim yeah. that. Nah, it's not man. a totally unique story, but yeah, we could like we could oh, have absolutely... wins, <laughs> wins. So one there are the no reasons... planes. Everybody's just bodysuit gliding, <laughs> just going like this. <laughs> <laughs> just has their arms stretched out. <laughs> ADR. I love this ADR idea. I love yeah. this idea. Okay, good. I wanted to bring that up. I was like, we need to do this. Let's That'd be a it. really good Patreon episode. Yeah. That was a good idea, Dev. So the accuracy of this film is one of the reasons it won Best Picture. No doubt about it. And the reason it was so accurate is because the director, William Wellman, was actually a World War I fighter pilot. And he had fought in France. He was even shot down at one point in France. He had a limp. He walked around with a limp because he was shot down at one point. And uh, he won. He was such a good pilot. He won the Croix de Guerre, the Cross of War from France. When it was brand new in World War I, he won this thing. France was giving out allied you know, soldiers and pilots and stuff, this this medal that was basically a thank you for coming to fight in France. Mm-hmm. And he won one of those. He was a very accomplished pi- fighter pilot. So a lot of stuff in the movie, that's why it was so accurate is because he knew, he he recreated a uh, battle that he was a part of. Wow. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, it's still... What but a way even, to work through your fucking trauma. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, dude. Bring Talk all about... other people and shit ton of money and time and like, all this I'm is so I can sleep like, at night. Imagine like some PA is like, yo, bro, like this is, this is like really real. He's like, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Or or the PA that's like, chill out, man. It's just a movie. And he's like, yeah, no, the hell No, it's is. not. I lived this. I lived this. It wasn't a movie when I was up there, man. But uh, it's it, even that being said, though, it still wasn't easy for him to get the job as the director for this. Uh, Paramount wanted Cecil B. DeMille originally, of course. He was like the biggest director in the world. Okay. Uh, Wellman was only 30 years old at the time, which at the time was kind of young for like a director to take mm-hmm. on something like this. And in his resume, he had only done 11 films so far, most of them... Kind of like B Western movies. Okay. So he was like, he was a smaller director. Only eleven films. Only eleven films, because it was the 1920s. Right. You know, you, you did, you shot a movie every week. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And uh, so he went to Paramount to pitch himself 
Um, basically, one of the studio heads moved. He had two people contracted under him. One of them was Wellman. He moved to Paramount. He brought Wellman with him. And he said, go pitch yourself as director. And Wellman went to Paramount. And they said all he said to them was, my war record should say it all. I'll make it the best goddamn picture this studio has ever had. And they gave it to him. Wow. Like, all right. Bro, all you right, know bro. that those, bro, those executives, it was the 20s, were loaded fucking drunk. And they, that's <laughs> sober military dude comes into this That's pitch true. meeting and they're all like, well, fuck, he seems responsible. Holy seems shit. Like he's way he's more sober ripped. than we are. Let's, let's I go. heard he used to fly planes. Seems yeah. legit. Yeah. I flew a plane yesterday. I was hammered. <laughs> Everybody flew planes, by the way. There's a bunch of actors in this movie. Like you were saying, Deb, a bunch of these people are actually just pilots. Yep. Like, I guess Pilots first. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I guess you didn't have TV. It was like, I might as well go fly a plane, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> William Wellman was also, I wanted to put this in here. It's very important to me. He was the guy who actually came up with the idea to have clouds behind the planes. Because uh, oh. if you've ever, yeah. I know. If you've what ever a seen fucking that... original concept. <laughs> no, no, it was. At the time, it was. And people think this was Howard Hughes who came up with this idea. It was even, if you're a fan of the movie The Aviator, Scorsese. Oh, he tried to make the clouds. Yeah. He had this, Wait, he had this whole idea. Well, because, so... I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. Go so ahead. Keep going. Basically, what was happening is they're, they were shooting in Texas. I'll get into the whole thing. They were shooting in Texas. Um, you had planes against just a blue sky, no clouds. And he said it just didn't, you couldn't tell how fast they were going. Sometimes it looked like they were just literally standing still. Mm -hmm. So he was like, we need some clouds behind the planes. And it was a genius idea. Now you can like tell how fast they're going and they're it's going through the clouds. But how do you control exactly. that? What you can't just make you can't. clouds appear. You can't. You had a, he had a weatherman on set who would look out for clouds. That was basically what this guy would do. A meteorologist. Yeah, and they would shoot accordingly. Oh, just yeah. don't shoot on days that don't have clouds. But when so they're making clouds, but uh, I was like, well, I know that was my question. It was like, how do you control whether or not there are clouds in the sky? <laughs> but the, is this CGI? <laughs> but my whole thing too is like, I love Howard Hughes. I'm a big like Howard yeah. Hughes historian. I love that guy. But yeah. they gave they gave him credit for that idea when it wasn't. You oh, know, it kind of okay. sucks. It was like this was this guy's. Idea, I think he should be. William Wellman, everybody. It was his idea. Where has Dev gone? <laughs> Howard Hughes was like, fuck this sudsy ass movie. Have you no, <laughs> no clouds no ass? Cloud having ass. No cloud having ass. I'm going somewhere with clouds. So, wait, uh, you said we're going to do a history, uh, an episode on Howard Hughes? Yes. Okay. We will absolutely be doing an episode on Howard Hughes. Cool. He's one of the most fascinating men in history. Not only for film history, but. I got to watch The Aviator. History. Yeah. yeah you, you absolutely do. Well, now that I know it's not a plane movie, I'm so, so more funny interested. To me that you don't like plane movies as well, dude. Yeah. Plane movies are the best. I, I just, I just, I just, something about. That whole concept just doesn't interest me. Dude. I, you know. Man, just planes flying in the air, shooting at each other. It's like the craziest shit in the world to me. It's just like I can't even imagine. I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah, that's why I've never seen Top Gun. Oh it's not God. a plane movie, right? <laughs> it's definitely a plane movie. Why is Deb gone? Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to get into filming this movie. <laughs> the colossal, insane effort that went into filming this movie so paramount uh green lights it you know william wellman is the director paramount gives it two million dollars as a budget which 
run the old calculator. That's thirty million dollars, basically. It's okay. A thirty million dollar movie. So it's two million dollars. Wait, that's it. That's the thing. Jesse L. Lasky, one of the Paramount heads, reads the script, and he's like, "There's no way in hell we're gonna make this for two million dollars. You know, yeah. we're gonna have to get more money." Mm-hmm. So he went to he brought the script to the War Department, and the military gave the movie sixteen million dollars on top of the wow. two. Wow! So they added that is the equivalent these days. They added two hundred and forty million dollars to the budget for this movie. Not only that, because basically the war is still fresh on everybody's minds. They said that the War Department saw Wings as like we were talking about earlier. It's an effective recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. Wings is like going to be propaganda you know that's why they paid so much money they also gave them five thousand troops five tanks over like millions of dollars worth of equipment guns everything millions of dollars worth of shit 100 planes uh virtually every pursuit plane that the army had at the time was used for this movie wow (laughs) holy shit it was ginormous they still do this to this day yeah they still do it michael bay gets half his budget from the u.s government insane insane top fucking gun yeah for sure yeah yeah the military loves to uh put some money into the movies and the nfl yeah (laughs) 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 they do filming this thing on top of the 100 planes that the military gave they paramount they they found 200 more so there were 300 (laughs) planes they just found them 300 (laughs) planes in this fucking movie holy shit yeah and it was on location at kelly field in san antonio texas and they shot between September 7th, 1926 to April 7th, 1927. It was a nine-month shoot in Texas. It was supposed to... And they talk about how, like like we were talking about, movies really weren't supposed to take that long at the time. So this yeah. was, you know, unheard of. And uh, the extras, they literally lost count. It was thousands of wow. extras. Uh, there were, of course, you know... There were countless days where the weather wasn't good or the clouds weren't there. <laughs> you can't make clouds. Right. So Wellman also, he frequently was fighting with these military officers. Basically, he's trying to direct this movie. The military's t- telling him one way to direct it. He's telling them, fuck you, I'm going to direct it however I want. But they're also saying, we gave you $16 million for this movie. You'll do what we want. Sure. And so that became a huge fight every day. Not to mention he was... He was a pilot in World War One. Yeah. So he's got this whole "I know what I'm doing." Right. Yeah. Because you know. he does. Yeah. You know, like you do. They were, but to be fair though, some of the military officers were also just angry at him for putting soldiers in perilous danger for this film. Sure. Okay. <laughs> like sure. being crushed by tanks. Yeah. Being shot at with real ammunition. Some of these soldiers had probably never actually been shot at until they did this movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy to think funny about. To think about, yeah. The first yeah, yeah. live ammo that was ever fired at some of these guys was from like was, William Wellman's stunt guys. Yeah, Can for you pretend. Imagine <laughs> the Hollywood VFW where they're talking about. <laughs> What's a VFW? Back when we filmed Wings. <laughs> Back when we filmed Wings, man, I caught a bullet to the thigh. I never told anybody about it. <laughs> I didn't want to be fired. Uh, but, you know, it wouldn't be a movie from the 20s if it didn't involve people getting almost dying shot, or yeah. getting actual shot at or actually dying. There what? was, 
Yeah, oh yeah, you know, there was uh, one of the stunt guys did die. We lost one. Only one, though? Only one. Okay. So in Hell's Angels, hey. three guys died. Oh, shit. Yeah, and later on. Wait, so how did he die, though? Like, what was the stunt? He was in a plane. He was literally doing a controlled crash. That They crashed their planes on camera. Like, some of these guys would wreck a plane while being filmed. Get the shot. <laughs> Get the Get shot. The shot. <laughs> So you want me to crash the plane? Get the shot. Get the shot. It's so and funny. Like they're, the concept of faking it doesn't occur to any of these people. No. 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 Hell they're no. like, it's black and white. We could just drink water instead of vodka. <laughs> Why would we do that? And there's, and I'm pretty sure, you know, you asked this question on one of the episodes. Has there ever been a shot that's made it into a movie where a guy died and we were talking about Ben-Hur? Yeah. I'm pretty sure Wings, it made it in. They used the shot? Because the, the mm. shot that they're talking about where the guy died... It, it's in the movie. Like, mm. there's a play. There's a They're part, not gonna do it again. No, the yeah. the plane was supposed to Clearly, be. He's not gonna do it. Again. He's not gonna do it again. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, a guy did hop in a plane afterwards and reget the same exact shot. By the way, <laughs> they were literally like, time. "Keep it going." The basically William. Wait, another actor. Yeah, yeah. Basically, William <laughs> Wellman. I don't like that take. Let's get back yeah, to let's one. Let's get back to it. William <laughs> Wellman was kind of like. Um, is this gonna shut us down? And it's like it's like Joe Exotic nah. being like, "I'll never financially recover from this," you know. And the army said, "No, man, that was his fault. Keep keep rolling, <laughs> keep shooting." Wait, baby. so what was the shot though? It was so it was supposed to be this guy. His plane was supposed to like halfway crash, and it fully crashed. Oh, okay, and he died. all right, yeah. So nose dive, they did not pull out. He of. He did not pull out of. Cool. Yeah, and um, this was the very first film to have actors flying in the air. Uh, and Dev was talking a lot about this, but the way they'd get those close-up shots of the actors is, so the actor would sit in the front seat of the plane. Mm -hmm. There'd be a pilot, like a, a, a you know a real pilot mm -hmm. behind him in the back seat, mm -hmm. and they would mount a camera to the front of the plane, facing his face, looking at him. And <laughs> okay, I have a question. Hold oh, on. Okay. They did what? Yeah. Wait, so, with cameras back then, did with you need someone to run then? it? They did run it. So, so someone sat on the front of a plane. No, like the running the camera. No, the actor ran the camera. So the guy behind him, William Wellman, would be in another plane up there directing, and he'd say action, and the real pilot would duck down into the back seat, disappear from frame, totally let go of the plane. The actor would then take the controls of the plane and the controls of the camera, and he would roll camera on himself while flying. What the fuck? Yeah, actors. Bro, like, bro, bro, bro. So, <laughs> fuck Tom Cruise then. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> because Tom like, everyone Cruise. made such a hype about him in like these planes and like this helicopter stunt he did in Mission Impossible that was like, first of all, a super hard maneuver for a helicopter, but at the same time, he had to operate the cameras in the thing because he was the only person in the view so everybody made this big deal about that fuck that shit man these guys are og i had no idea that they were doing that and yep. probably using live rounds too yeah like, probably you know. and there was also i mean some of these shots too like you had to frame up the plane behind you to read that you're being tailed so these guys are rolling camera flying the plane acting 
and keeping stuff that they can't even see in frame. What the you know? fuck? So, yeah. Did they get a DP credit? Is there like a list Hell of no. all <laughs> They lived through the movie. That's their credit, you know. They lived, <laughs> they lived the through the I how did only one man die? I, that's that's actually a good question. They that hired was, good pilots. Yeah, that, yeah. Actually that was somewhere in the stuff that I was reading like miraculously only two people were seriously injured, one died. Yeah. It was it was kind of a miracle. Like yeah, I said Hell's fuck. Angels Three people die making that movie. Yeah. Can you imagine directing a movie and three people die <laughs> oh. on your set? And you're like, well, gotta keep making. Gotta keep movie. making. It. <laughs> Look, we're doing the Lord's work here. Well, I have 140 I mean, million dollars for, for this movie. Hell's Angels was an exception to the rule because your your financier is Howard fucking Hughes, mm-hmm. who's insane. So it's like, <laughs> who true. do I pick? Who am I more terrified of? These families of these individuals who passed away or Howard Hughes, man. They're like they're they're like Howard, another guy died. He's like, "But what about the rivets on my fucking planes?" <laughs> I bring in the milk. Bring I in the milk. Two Howard Hughes was 3 days ago. I'm very excited to learn more oh, about this man. Movie. You're gonna love I'm, the aviator. Howard Hughes was yeah. the star. Howard Hughes was the star of Dev and my old iteration of film history. I think he came up every episode. Really? Probably. Yeah, we talked about him a lot. We're going to definitely do a three-parter on Howard. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, yeah, I, I, Now I know that The Aviator is not just a plane movie. Billionaire playboy who made movies that cost outrageous amounts of money. At one point, he had rented every single camera from Warner Brothers to uh, Hell's Angels. Oh, At one point yeah. in Hell's Angels, he emptied and, like, studios people, of their like, cameras. Shoot shit, right? yeah. yeah, I mean, it was he had 75 cameras running at one time uh, on Hell's <laughs> Angels. One take? On one For take. What en- to what end? Uh, to, ev- to the nth degree of the end. <laughs> but, like, there's no way you need that many cameras. You can't, there's yeah, not baby. that many angles. <laughs> watch watch <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Like Matrix thing. And uh, oh, okay. no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that so the ca- <laughs> the camera on the front of the plane thing. The reason why it was so important in Wings is because this was again like we were talking about. Sometimes you have to invent shit to film mm-hmm. your movie. Mm-hmm. This was an invention for mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't this the first time a lot of this shit's ever been done? Yeah. Is this the first dogfighting ever shown on camera? The first, like this, for mm-hmm. sure, definitely, vivid. absolutely. Anything before this is like faked. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like miniatures and yeah. shit, right? William Wilman had an advisor from the Air Corps, Second Lieutenant Clarence S. Bill Irvine, who uh, he was the guy who actually took the plane after the dude died. He went and yeah. got the shot himself. But yeah. he was the advisor. He created the mechanism to hold the camera on the front of the plane. He created all that shit. Wow. So, I don't know if he got a patent I on really, it or anything. Now, okay, so because we talked about before, there were three movie, only three movies nominated for Best Picture this year. Yeah. I really want to see. Oh, I mean, I, I need to see this movie. But, like, I really want to see the other movies now just to be like, what were they up, what was I know. up against? Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, uh, I assume- a movie called Seventh Heaven. A movie about, mm. like, a French sex worker. Mm. Was the the director for that one one against William Wellman? <laughs> William was running cameras in the sky, <laughs> like this dude's filming sex workers in France. You know, yeah, it's like good luck, buddy. Good luck, buddy. Good <laughs> luck. But they were... cameras in the sky, dude. <laughs> the Academy was like pilots or prostitutes. <laughs> but you what know we, that they. What do we go they, with? They, they legitimately deliberated over that for hours. You know, yeah, that's pretty, funny. Yeah. <laughs> they did though. They're, they're yeah. wasted. They're wasted. They're like, I don't know, man. I love some hook. Bring me another Coca Cola. <laughs> Bring me another eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, could you imagine drinking an eight ball? Three and a half grams of Coke. <laughs> Um, but they were also the, the the craziest part about this movie is it wasn't only the crazy plane shit. They were doing 
nuts stuff on these ground combat scenes. They had they had World War One scenes that rival Warhorse. Like, there's no doubt about also, it. Also, a lot of the editing was yeah. actually pretty damn good Amazing. too. Like, they were doing fades and stuff that nobody was doing before. Like, the, remember when and they that had, is... where they laid one battlefield over top of yes, another? Yes, yes, and oh, like, they... that was dope. Like, they used the yeah. sky of one shot as a sh- as a backdrop for another shot. Right. So you have a shot of this big, wide, like, all these, like, men getting ready and walking toward battle, but then the skyline of that is just a, a, the backdrop for, like, another... Right. I'm never not doing my homework again. This I'm movie sounds fucking man. sick. It's pretty cool. They even rotoscoped. They yes. rotoscoped what? champagne bubbles into the nightclub scene. Yes. Yeah, you remember that, Deb? I yeah. saw that on the highlight part. That was a big deal because no one had seen that before. There's Nobody cartoon had. bubbles in they this movie. Doing, they were Wait, doing why, off the why wouldn't they yeah. just do actual champagne? Everything else in this movie No, no, real. well, they had the actual champagne, but they hit everything. As he's getting drunker, everything starts bubbling around him, and there's these like cartoon bubbles coming off of stuff in the movie. Yeah, in this silent film, and it's really cool insane, looking. Insane, It's insane, dude. man. Insane. Uh, and it's, this... And mind you, like... People probably thought they were looking at like witchcraft when they saw. Oh my yeah, god! Right? Like, 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 like you never seen this saw that shit. It's There's like, no CGI. Yeah, like the yeah, fuck? Yeah. How the fuck? How'd they do it? How'd they do it? This is alien they... technology. <laughs> this alien technology. How'd they do it? And um, yeah, so they're doing some crazy shit for these ground combat scenes. So basically, in the story, uh, hideous Claire Bow takes her mechanic <laughs> skills to the Red Cross Motor Corps. These women in the in World War One drove trucks through you know Europe and uh, in the Red Cross Motor Corps. So she becomes this truck driver in France. And at one point, that's when that's when the nightclub scene happens as she runs into him at a nightclub. Mm. I'll get into that. But anyway, she's following the infantry part of the story. Mm. So now we get to see what's going on on the ground because there were a few people who they set up who went into the infantry, not into the Air Corps. Mm. So now we're gonna see the ground shit. So one day, or 18 days, flying was put on hold due to weather. Probably, you know, no clouds in the sky. They're in Texas. They don't have clouds. So Willman... There's probably a fucking snowstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Who knows? But for these 18 days, Willman basically took this opportunity to go film all of his ground troop stuff. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to... He was doing the Battle of... Saint Mihiel, I don't know how to say it. Saint Mihiel. Um, so they rehearsed this thing for over ten days with thirty-five hundred infantrymen. A large battlefield with trenches and barbed wire was created on location for the filming. Wellman himself set off the explosions in the shot as they're running through the trenches and running into no man's land. He has the button setting off the bombs. <laughs> and a few of those went off mighty close to the actors, speaking of Michael Bay. So he was he was detonating them from this control panel, probably wasted his shit, some old World War One nut, you know, and gun gunboats over there laughing. <laughs> He's like, Yo, bro, you're you're gonna you're gonna be careful about that button, right? Yeah, I got it. Don't worry about it. Man. I just picture Danny McBride and Tropic Thunder. That's what comes to <laughs> That's exactly who he was. And this is one of the coolest things. I mean, Another that's pretty close. No, don't worry about it. No, don't worry about it. Get Another reason why I think this won Best Picture, this is one of the coolest things. He gave 20 men in the scene cameras. And he said, when I say action, we're going to roll all these cameras on all these different angles of the battle. He 
rehearsed this for 10 days, 3,500 people, blocked it all out. He shot this scene for five minutes on 20 cameras, and that was it. And so the entire, that whole battle scene in that movie took five minutes to shoot. One take. One take. One take. One take. But Damn. here's the thing, though. Yep. It was like, how, how long was rehearsal and how long was, like, choreography of the Ten scene? days. Like, that yeah. Shit, that's straight. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Just straight that was, ten days. The, the execution and preparation oh, yeah. for that is much more like a theatrical show. Right, right. Yeah. And it, you know, I, spending days rehearsing all day, 12 hours or whatever, and muscle memory, getting that shit right. And, and then an hour of showtime. Right. And then you just got to like. I like yeah. those directors. I like wow. that too. That's, I like actually, directors. that's how I want to like, yeah. I would love to direct that For way. Sure. Just, just like get the muscle memory. Yeah. So that all we can do wow. is just repeat, Block repeat, it so repeat. much that we only Fincher have to do does one like, take. 16, 17, 30 takes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, people are tired as yeah. fuck after... Well, like, and it was genius. He gave yeah. 20 cameras out <laughs> and just roll them all at once. Mm-hmm. And then he's got, you know, like I said, it only took five minutes, but now he's got 20 cameras so time five minutes. Is, you know, that, he's got all that footage. Wow, yeah. That's yeah. A lot think, think about yeah. like this, though, but think about... You have to choreograph the action in a way that, like... You don't catch one right. of the twenty <laughs> the guys yeah, that's true. holding a yeah. camera for sure. You know what I'm saying? There's probably one of them in there if you look or, really hard. Or just edit it around that. Oh right, yeah. Like, you it's know, like you're gonna catch them anyway, yeah. so just cut. Yeah, you're like, all right. Well, when this comes into frame, what else we got over here? You yeah. Know, like. But the scale of this, like I said, rivals like any World War One film that I've seen these days or World War. II. I mean, the 3,500. When you see these shots of 3,500 soldiers going across no man's land, it is. A, it's a fucking war movie, you know. Wow. It's huge, huge movie, and planes are coming in. And holy shit, this yeah. is incredible, dude! Incredible. Like, what a fucking task. <laughs> How stressful this must have been for this man. This yeah. I, what what stressed this man out more? Being in actual war or shooting this movie? That's probably why he was able to shoot this movie. He's like, nothing that you throw at me is gonna stress me out more than right. what I used to do. You know? yeah. <laughs> My old job was a bitch. Ten days, man. That's that. Even that, because like I would even think that would take like a month of of just like constant yeah. practice like when like when's the last time anybody did anything in one day no, no. a ton of people for one day i could see that like maybe a, a short a smaller group of individuals you could block out and do 10 days but fucking 3500 people Jesus. take like you said like a month or two and yeah. then you gotta like you gotta direct 3,500. Yeah. So how do you, how do they all How many ADs you do you shit? have? How many like, ADs must dude, you, you have? ADs. But also, you don't have walkie talkies. You don't have. They had those big. Yes. All right, everybody. Over this way. <laughs> he's probably in a plane. He's probably in a little plane <laughs> flying around. around. Them. He's like, all right, you over there. They write air messages. Yeah. <laughs> Action. Fuck. <'Cause laughs> that. The fact that, like, that one take shit blows my mind because it's like. Five the minutes. The 1922. You said 23 when it came out? 23? No, it was 26. 26. It was 27 when it came out. They were filming in 26. 26, Mm -hmm. right? So for that to be that organized, where you don't have walkie-talkies, right? And like pretty much, people are just like projecting their voice. I'm I would assuming, love to right? see. I would love to see this. They, how are they doing you, this? You get a bunch of fucking Broadway ads, <laughs> right? To Broadway directors, right? And you get people who do that shit every fucking day for their whole careers. I grew up doing theater. I grew up doing Broadway. I was in Les Mis as a kid. Yeah, they were definitely so, like, just like captains for groups yeah. of people. Like, yeah, this group is the all you guys are going right. to get shot and dying. 
all you guys are gonna be like that's they true, had to yeah. organize that shit like that. I would that. love to see the but filming. I think it's like one take though. Yeah. I would have fucked that up. I'd be like, well, we gotta start this shit yeah. over again. Oh, is there anyone alive today who could have been there for this? Probably. No. Uh I'll look. I don't know. I doubt it. Because they were were there any first take, first hand accounts like written down there, like intro, like, uh, like there was, there was a book written about this. Okay, that a guy in the movie wrote a book. Okay, I'll get that book. And okay, I'll actually, I'll come back, film history, and I'll tell you about what it was like to I, film I this scene. I want to start an entire like movie company that only makes movies about the making of other movies. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, me too, man. That's like one of that's my whole thing. So we're, we'll we'll do the disaster artist of Waterworld. We're gonna yes. do the we're gonna do the the making of like Wings. Like, yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that's. I mean, how has this movie not already been made? A movie about the movie that won the first Oscar. I know. For like, real. how is there not a movie about the making of Wings yet? Yeah, I'll find that book. I'll find that okay. book. The huge shot in this movie, Deb mentioned it earlier, uh, the big tracking shot in the nightclub. This the was shot. literally... Uh, did, this, did this come out before Citizen Kane? Yes. Oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like... They, were, they took it from this. this. This started not only Citizen Kane, Sixth Sense had a shot like this in it, and Goodfellas, the big geek shot that runs through the whole nightclub... Scorsese like said he did this for Wings. He 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 watched Wings and he wanted to do a shot like this. Every every director in the world wanted to do a shot like this. Basically, the way that they did it is they just put a camera on, on a like string. on a boom or a, yeah, yeah, it was like a string. It was like a mechanism just, with like a boom and a string. How many takes they do that one in, James? Shit, who knows? But they also <laughs> they to get the camera to fit through all the people that they were running through, they turned it upside down. And just, and just ran it, and then in post, they fixed it, turned it right side up. But this is the scene, and you can just literally just Google, you know, the wings. I just uh, Googled wings tracking shot. Yeah, tracking shot. It's incredible. And it's this long, beautiful shot going, and this is the one with the same-sex couple. There's two women at a table in France. Jack is out partying. So they, just, they put on, like, a laundry wire, and they were just yeah. like, yeah. like, So, yeah, the big tracking shot was very famous from this movie. They, they, they redid it a bunch <laughs> of times throughout history. <laughs> uh, this doesn't have anything to do with this movie winning Best Picture, but I absolutely could not leave this out of this podcast because it's us uh they said they were in san antonio shooting this movie for nine months and <laughs> william wellman described this scene in the most hunterous thompson fashion i've ever heard he described it as an armageddon of magnificent sexual donnybrook <laughs> what the fuck is donnybrook uh, donnybrook was like a big fight a scrap, right a scrap yeah, like, a yeah. big like orgy yeah. of a fight <laughs> William Wellman described this. Can you this. say that again? It, it was a what? It was an Armageddon of a magnificent sexual Donnybrook. <laughs> a magnificent sexual Donnybrook. Wait, so is Donnybrook a noun? Yes. Yeah, Donnybrook uh, Donny is like a big scuffle hey, man, between a bunch of... Yeah, there was a Donnybrook at the pub the other night. See? Uh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen says Donnybrook a lot. I love it. But uh, it was... It, it, basically, San Antonio became like a fuck fest while they were filming this really? movie. Yes. He said... The director said that they were staying at the St. Anthony Hotel for nine months, and by the time they left, all the elevator girls were pregnant. In this hotel, all of them. Every there were babies born from this movie. Wow! And Clara Bow 
despite one of them is still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those glove one of jobs the elevator, from this movie. One of the elevator babies. One of the elevator babies. <laughs> I was an elevator baby in the 1927 film Wings. I wasn't in the film. I was a product of it. Yeah, Richard Arlen owes me money. He's my dad. Of sexual Donnie Brook that <laughs> Sexual Donnie Brook that followed the movie Wings. It's 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 thirty five hundred soldiers in a hotel, like in hotels around San Antonio, filming a movie where they're like flying. Like these are the hottest dudes in the world. I mean, yeah. especially in San Antonio. Yeah. Come on, like they never seen yeah. some shit like this. Yeah. You know, you're telling me you're a soldier and you're gonna be in a movie, a huge movie. Yeah, I'll have your elevator and baby. You're pilot. You know. and, and you're a pilot. And you're a pilot. <laughs> you fly planes and you're in movies and you're in San Antonio. And the and only it's guy I know. It's 1926. It's 1926. <laughs> the only guy I know is my uncle. You know? they, I, I bet these maids, not to be an ass, but we're just sneaking into rooms in the middle of the night. Oh, absolutely. I mean, come on, trying to get yeah, knocked and up. Another person sneaking into rooms was Clara Bow. <laughs> Clara Bow. <laughs> Clara Bow, the day that she started filming this, she got engaged to a giant director, Victor Fleming. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think he got engaged to her that day because he was like, Sending her off to do this movie, and he knew Clara above, mm-hmm. so he's like, "We're gonna get engaged right now." Oh, because she was gonna be in that. She was gonna be there for a while. I feel like, that's, I feel like that's not gonna stop pilots. her. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it, 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 gonna... I, I feel like a word's not gonna stop her. Like <laughs> make well, it hotter. It didn't at all. Yeah. She was openly like having flings with all these pilots, and Gary Cooper. I mean, that was the most famous one. You know, the actor who's in the movie for two minutes. Yeah, they started a whole affair doing yeah. this movie. Like he, wow. part of his fame came from him starting the affair with Clara Bow wow. during this movie. I don't Victor Fleming should have just <laughs> cut it and gone, man. Let her let her let her go. Why did you think you could tame that? Right, right. Uh, Richard Arlen, who played David, he even met his longtime wife Jobina Rolston while doing this movie. So he got married from this movie. It was everybody was just wow. horny to be in Texas flying warplanes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I guess, you know, you're there for nine months. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's nine more, months is a long uh, time, man. That's that's a that's a long what, shoot. Especially what's back more th- sexual than going through a near death experience. Amen. I got shot out with live Fake. ammo today. Yeah. yeah. And also faking going through a real, <laughs> real death experience. That's true. Nine months is a long shoot now, but like back then that was un- that was probably unheard of, yeah, right? It was because sh- movies were shot so quickly, like a nine month They were shoot. living in San Antonio. Yeah. They were like, setting up whole lives there. Yeah. And they didn't know how long they were gonna be there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a that's a whole water world right there. I know, man. And uh so the film releases uh, it played for 63 weeks upon initial release. It was extremely successful, you know. Um, it, it, like I was saying, it played as that roadshow film. It would tour cities, and it was huge. I mean, this was big. Imagine the word of mouth. Imagine, like, you go over to your buddy's place. You're like, hey, man, what do you do this weekend? Bro. Bro. I saw a war. Have you seen this? Yeah. I've seen this shit. I've seen I've war. I've seen war. Let's go. Yeah. Do you want to see it again? Yes. There is POV of being in war planes in this movie. Like, it was, yeah, dude, like, people were not missing this fucking movie. Yeah. If it came to your town, mm-hmm. it was the thing to go do. You yeah. know, absolutely. 
So it was this huge, resounding success. Not to mention, one of the reasons it was such a big success is it was right after Charles Lindbergh's successful transatlantic flight. Mm. And that was also sparking up all the, Everybody wanted to be a pilot. Everybody wanted to fly. Mm, that makes you know? sense. Yeah, he was yeah. a huge star. Yeah. 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 And also so, a Nazi, but, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely. Gave some money to the old Nazis. But, uh, <laughs> but I don't know if people knew that at that time. No, well, the Nazis were different, you know. At the time, Hitler hadn't come along and that's done this whole true, thing. That's true. They were like, who's these no. weird people you're giving money to? Yeah. <laughs> who's, this, who's this non-profit in Germany that you keep saying this way to, dude? <laughs> Make Germany <Non-profit>. great again? <laughs> Why are why, why are you putting your hand up like that? It's so weird. It's a weird way to say hello, my guy. Gunboat, put your hand down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the White Hope. <laughs> the White Hope heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, that's definitely Jake Paul. Jake Paul is the White Hope. Yeah, definitely. Gunboat Jake. <laughs> Gunboat Jake. Uh, um, so... Okay, I'll yeah. let you continue because you're probably gonna answer my question. Okay, yeah. what the Oscars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, is that what yeah. we're talking about next? Yes. Okay, cool. Perfect Let's go timing. Let's the Oscars because yeah, yeah. I, I w- I'm hoping that we have a little background about like how the Oscars started. Yeah. And stuff like. Well, it's funny you asked that, Drake. <laughs> so, in 1927, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the AMPAs, A M P A S, was established by Louis B. Mayer. The founder of Louis B. Mayer Pictures Corporation, which would then be, you know, Metro Golden Mayer. This is Louis. So Louis started the Academy. Louis. Louis. Louis started the Academy <laughs> in 1927. Mayer's... Hey, you heard what Louis up to? He started the Academy. The Academy of what? This is hilarious, and I'm so glad that I found this. Mayer's purpose in creating the award was to unite the five branches of the film industry including actors, directors, producers, technicians, and writers. And he said <laughs> he said he created the award because I found the best way to handle filmmakers was to hand, hang medals all over them. If I got them cups and awards, they'd kill themselves to produce what I wanted. Mm. That's why the Academy Award was created. <laughs> Gaslighting everybody. Yeah, basically. He's like, just. Um, that is the most amazing Hollywood thing like I've ever heard. Girl. Let's pat each other. People make such a big deal about like the fucking accreditation of the Hollywood is so fake that the awards and the very city that what it was built upon were a foundation of fr- tr- lies, just pure flat out lies. <laughs> Amen. The the fakeness Amen. is embedded in the source code of Hollywood. <laughs> he literally said, "Look, if I hang these medals all over these filmmakers, they'll do whatever I want to. You know, just tell, Damn, tell them so funny. Tell them that they did good. You know? Give them, give like, them some sign. So I'm good director now. Yes. Yeah, you are good director. Buddy. Yes, you're good. Look at this, the shiny statue, just for you. <laughs> it's me naked, by the way. No one knows that. <laughs> it's me naked." Oscar is just Louis B. Mayer naked. No one ever knew that. <laughs> I um, that's I mean, 
like, because I was going to ask, like, did someone, like, watch Wings and be like, brother, we should, there should be, like, an award for this. There should be an award for this. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) No, he literally created it. He literally created it just to be like, shut up. Here, take your award and do what I want you to do. They need to add an award called the Louie. And it's to whoever needs to shut the fuck up. (laughs) God, we get it. It's good. Have your Louie. Instead of giving Leo his Oscar finally. That's what La La Land should have gotten instead of the Oscar. They should have gave the Louis. Gave the Louis. It's like here. Yeah. Here. It's good. Jesus. Shut the fuck up. It's Shut the fuck up. We Here's hate it. Louis. We hate it, but we gotta give you this. You know. <laughs> give it Leo the Louis. Give it Leo the Louis. You're a good actor. We get yeah, it. We're right? good. We get it. Jesus. What? Do you need this? You need this, right? You get twenty five million dollars every time you set on this set foot on stage, but this you want what, that? Yeah. It's the fine. Cross you want to die fine. on? Yes. Here's your fucking award. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, you date 10 supermodels at once on your yacht, and you make so much money that there are countries that don't have as much as you, but here's your fucking statue of a naked man, okay? Are you happy now? Are you happy? Can you live? Are you not All the pussy you fly around makes a bigger carbon footprint we'll, than the one you're trying to erase. We'll get, a, we'll get another millionaire. We'll get another millionaire celebrity to give you the award as well. Don't worry, no peasants will ever set foot in this theater to give each other awards. You know, yeah, it'll be Sean Penn who gives them the award. <laughs> The 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 medium the median uh, wage of this room is in the millions. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Mayor asked Cedric Gibbons, art director of MGM, to design an Academy Award. Nominated nominees were notified through a telegram. <laughs> Drake's dying. Nominees were notified through a telegram in February 1928. In August 1928, Mayer contacted the Academy's Central Board of Judges Hold to decide on. the winners. Okay, Hold go on. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Through Telegram? Through Telegram. Yeah. This is like a bunch <laughs> of beefs. Oh, one. Hey, honey, you won. Won what? I don't know. It's I don't know a, yet. The Louie? The one. I want a Louie. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, can you imagine being like, they need to pay us more. They need to give us more food and better working conditions and being all upset and then be like, no, nah, we're not going to give you any of that. But uh, here, we got a little gold statue for you. So you did a good job. <laughs> it came across in, uh, it came across in beeps. Okay, I you guess. Found uh, out through some beeps. <laughs> some beeps. Okay, all right. No, I bet you they ended up springing a little bit of money and they did one of those like sonograms. So like the guy in the like barbershop quartet shows up and sings them. You want an award. You want an award. And uh, so the other founders besides Mayer, it was Douglas Fairbanks, Sid Grauman of Grauman Theater fame. Mary Pickford, who was also a huge, she was like Clara Bow status, you know, movie star. And Joseph Schenck, they were the other Ampus founders. And they were the ones who voted for the Academy Award for Best Picture for the very first time. And so this awards ceremony, the first annual Academy Awards presented by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, honored the best films of 1927 and 1928, took place on May 16, 1929, at a private dinner held at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel in Los Angeles. Whoa, the Roosevelt. Roosevelt, baby. So the Dolby Theater didn't exist at this time? No, it did not. No, the Dolby was, I can't, I I knew, I think 
It was way later. I almost okay. want to say the nineties. So Wait, be really? Wait, yeah, where did they have, that where theater did they hold, was. Did they hold the Oscars before the nineties? Uh, the well, Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, the Roosevelt and the Pantages. Pantages really? had the had the Oscars for a long time. Really? Yeah. Okay. In the fifties, I know the Pantages yeah. had. Because obviously, Oscars. like the Dolby, like looks new, but I always assumed they just renovated an old theater. Like, right. I assumed like that theater has been there forever, and they just kept like upgrading and renovating. I'll it. have to. I'll get more. That's one thing I do need to do is get, that. I'll be learning yeah. Oscars history with right. you guys as we well, do. Because obviously, at the Dolby, there wasn't a company back then. I know it was right. no. called <laughs> the Dolby, but you know, like that building, like it was the Kodak. Hmm. It was the Kodak? It was the Kodak before the Dolby. Okay. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was the Kodak when I moved here. Really? I could be wrong. Yeah, Kodak yeah. Theater is what it's famous for. Right. Dolby was actually a company invented by, we talked about this, by uh, George Lucas. That's for right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He invented that for those. THX. Yeah. yeah. Actually, and then right. THX Dolby. Yeah. Somebody might be screaming at their car radio right now i could but i i'll get back to you on that okay yeah. <laughs> but the first one was held at the hollywood roosevelt hotel coolest shit it was just a dinner roosevelt was that it was just a dinner it was just a dinner it was and a casual dinner not only was it just a casual dinner listen to this shit tickets cost five bucks so oh, yeah so around 75 so bucks anybody could go anybody could go it was a five dollar ticket uh t- 270 people wound up coming to the event and presentation ceremony it lasted for 15 minutes and was not broadcast anywhere. Not on the radio, nowhere. Matt, I just like, I like imagine someone's like eating pasta and they're like, mm, oh, oh, forgot. I got you a, I got you a statue. I got you a, a Louis. <laughs> he, like, he reaches into his bag, he just hands it to him. Here you go. It was a good movie. Thank you. Yeah. And it 15 wasn't even, minutes. Yeah, it wasn't wow. even broadcast. Um, the broadcast wow. was introduced for the second Academy Award. They actually okay. were like, maybe we should put this on the maybe radio. Maybe people care about this? Yeah, maybe people would care about a bunch of millionaires giving each other naked <laughs> statues. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily they stopped doing that shit you know luckily that ended after, no it's still going yeah. but <laughs> so during the ceremony almost forgot here yeah. <laughs> during the ceremony Ampus presented academy awards now colloquially known as the oscars in 12 categories winners were announced three months before the live event so everybody knew who was going to win that's probably why they didn't broadcast oh, they had okay. already told people who won interesting some nominations were announced without reference to a specific film such as ralph hammeras and nugent slaughter who received <laughs> <laughs> nugent slaughter dude ted nugent missed the boat on that one <laughs> nugent, nugent slaughter and gumboat <laughs> nugent slaughter they received nominations in the now defunct category of engineering effects uh, four wings, yeah, and that was engineering effects. engineering effects. It was in the first a- annual Oscars, and never again. That Wait, was what it. are engi- engineering? I'm effects? guessing like technical, you know, mounting the camera on that boom and all that shit, and wow. mounting cameras on the planes, and these guys were probably having to fabricate parts in a in a factory somewhere. Why did they get rid of? They this probably award? had like an on staff welder. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure that that, it, that kind of evolved into like production design, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Like, instead of it being like a, it got you know, wrapped up into got wrapped into. Yeah. I think that's it, man. If the engineering, I think, was yeah. a good one though. Yeah. I hate that bring we back lost engineering that effects, yeah, dude. for sure. These dudes yeah. are literally inventing things for your film. You know. Also, isn't it crazy that there's never been an Oscar for second team? Mm. Oh, insane! Never an Oscar for second team. There's never there. I there. I could go on and on, man. The stunts. Cause, hey, man. You know why? Because if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> I want to go fast. 
You ain't first or last. <laughs> uh, unlike later ceremonies, an actor could be awarded at the time for multiple works. So you could win Best Actor for a few things at this time. What do you mean? Like, you could be nominated for Best Actor for multiple films that you did that year. Oh, could, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So instead of so, a specific movie, they're like, you were in three right. movies and you were great in all of them. Yeah, and I guess it made sense because like, like we were talking about Best with Cagney at the, the time, year. you know, you do four films a year. That makes so. sense. So quickly the turnaround. Right, right. And that right. makes sense. Like, it, it's, you're the best actor of the year. You're like, yeah. this, this year you acted the best. Yeah, Emil Jannings was given the Best Actor Award for his work in The Way of All Flesh, which sounds like a porn, <laughs> and The Last Command, which also could be a porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie Chaplin and Warner Brothers each received an honorary award. Um, Charlie Chaplin received it just for being... Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin yeah. It was basically like <laughs> they just threw it at him. <laughs> they threw it at him. Yeah. yeah, I was. I was. That was a question I had the other night. Like, did Charlie Chaplin ever win an Oscar? Yeah, for yeah. the very first Oscar ceremony, wow. they were like, "Here is the here's thing. your lifetime achievement. Yeah, here's award. your lifetime achievement <laughs> award already." And listen to this, <laughs> Dev and Drake. You'll love this one. Warner Brothers received their honorary award for producing the jazz singer with old Al Blackface Jolson. Wow. <laughs> They're like, how oh. progressive? Yeah, yeah, how progressive of you. Yeah, yeah, Malik, we'll, uh, we got to talk one day about the jazz singer, man. <laughs> Do we? I mean, <laughs> well, <laughs> wait, who's, wait, who's the guy? Uh, what was his name again? Al Jolson. Al Jolson, the yeah. king of blackface? Yes. Do you know who Al Jolson is? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> right. They thought they were like being progressive. Yeah, they like, thought it was like a new thing. A new thing. <laughs> 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 okay, then we won't have one about adults. How about that? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't even give him his fucking. No, flowers. no, no. Well, well, I think what Malik is saying is that we don't need right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. the three white dude podcast. Uh, maybe shouldn't. Uh, yeah, no. Literally, when we started talking about him, I, I remember we got into some territory. I was like, well, I won't be the one to comment on any of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think I don't think old uh, gunboat face over here needs to be commenting on. You know. But uh, <laughs> major winners at the ceremony uh, included, like I was talking about, Seventh Heaven and Sunrise, which each received three awards, and Wings received two. So among its honors, Sunrise won the award for Unique and Artistic Picture, which that I, th- that's basically just Best Picture. Wing, so Best Picture was, it was two movies, uh, Sunrise and Wings, Sunrise got unique and artistic. Wings won for outstanding picture, now known as best picture. And at the time, they were kind of saying that they were equivalent. What? Like they were, yeah. Like this award is you both. I wait. I almost thought you were gonna say outstanding, magnificent sexual picture <laughs> <laughs> for best be wings. The best Donnybrook goes to the best Donnybrook. Um, wait, wait, wait. sexiest Donnybrook. <laughs> Hold on, wait. So most babies born on set. <laughs> so outstanding picture. Okay, wait. In art, best, most artistic, most art, artistic and unique. Artistic and unique. Did that yeah. did that award become anything, or they no. just merged them into best picture? At Basically, some point? the two categories were regarded equally as the top award of the night. Intended to honor different and important aspects of superior film superior filmmaking. The next year, the Academy dropped the unique and artistic picture award and decided retroactively that the award by won by Wings was the highest award. 
So that the next year they changed their mind and okay. they got rid so of then, unique what was and artistic. The unique and artistic winner. It was called Sunrise. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I I didn't look into it. I did look into Seventh Heaven though because I'm still pissed that our boy William Wellman got snubbed for best director for Seventh Heaven, mm. the the French sex worker movie. Yeah, I haven't seen Seventh Heaven. Maybe it's amazing, but the man was not up in a plane. Yeah, he did make he did make cameras go into the sky. Yeah, they didn't create <laughs> flying cameras. You know, so I didn't see thirty five hundred. Prostitutes get something down in five minutes. <laughs> One take. How many takes did they do that? <laughs> Being shot out with live ammunition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if there, if it was just an orgy movie. Tell you me have, how many takes they uh, shot it in, and we'll you, talk. You have to think though. William Wellman must have been like, I don't know what these awards are, but fuck you, man. Like seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what this award is, but if you're not going to give it to me, you can suck a dick, all right? I was in the fucking sky. And he's saying this at dinner table. He's just, just drunk as shit. He's like, you son of the bitches. They didn't fly any cameras over. Well, everyone's trying to eat dinner. <laughs> They're like, William, William, please, William. Let's, can we get him out of here? The, the thing is only 15 minutes long. they got to kick him out in the first five, you know? He's like, fuck you. You telling me that hack one? He's so the guy's sitting across from yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, William, man, sorry, dude. I, I don't even know what these I don't even know what these are, William. I don't even know what these awards are. This is probably a one-time deal. He will never do this again, you know? This whole Academy Awards thing is something that Louis wants to do and they'll never come back, you know. <laughs> um, oh. This was, and speaking of, this is one of the few films to win the Oscar for Best Picture without also being nominated for Best Director. Um, apparently, yeah, this is like one of the wait, few. You, oh, wait, was it even nominated? What's that? You say it wasn't even nominated? Wait, what? No. Oh was no, no! That's right. He wasn't even nominated for best director. So they wow. had something against him. They must have. I think they must have. And maybe it was his age. Maybe since he was like thirty years old, you know. Nah, bro. Louis was like, "You don't get a fucking trophy yet." <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Louis probably was. He's like, "You got to earn your stripes to get my brand new trophy that I just came up with." You, know? <laughs> you think I just think I just give these things out? Yeah. What? It's like I just created this off the top of my head. These mean a lot, you know. These are very important. <laughs> Wait, why was it called the Oscars? Why was it called the Louis? I think they just nicknamed him that. I, I don't know when they started calling him Oscar either. Because, you know, the statue, they like yeah. nicknamed him Oscar. And so they're saying that they're giving out these Oscars. But at the time, they were the Academy Awards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. think Aaron... Do you they think still it, technically are. In the, in the history, right, in, right. In the history of that award... Mm-hmm. Do you think anyone's ever like put it up their vagina? Oh, absolutely, yeah. of course. absolutely. I think the first one. Yeah, probably the very first one. Yeah, Frank Borzaz had one of the actresses from Seventh Heaven. First of all, we are twisted human beings, and we are talking about Hollywood, which is the most twisted. Someone's definitely fucked that statue. Someone's definitely fucked that statue. Yes, Men and women. Yeah. Men and women. Yeah. The, the night it was won. Absolutely. You. Yeah. Definitely. The champagne was flowing. I don't know what this statue is, but <laughs> I'm, I'm putting it in my butt. <laughs> Put a little man in your butt. Oh shit. <laughs> uh, the only. <clears throat> this was the only silent movie to win the Oscar for Best Picture, then called Best Production at the time. 
until The Artist won by that category in 2012. <laughs> this is the only silent film besides The Artist. What the fuck? To win Best Picture. Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, so yeah. The, it took how many? Like, it took 100 years. <laughs> the, like, it took 100 years for the Academy to recognize the movies they started making. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you guys started with the silent shit, and they were like, no, none of this is good. Until <laughs> 100 years later, when we could, like, when we can do everything, well, we can do CGI. And uh, like this silent, this one, this is the one. I Bro, honestly, you know how culture works. Things have to go out of style, uh, and then they get become vintage, right. and then the hipsters get a hold of them. Then they honestly, out. I kind of get it though. Like if like if you're a silent film competing with a film with like a whole like a dialogue track, it's right. like, bro, this got like this is double the movie. That's true. This, you got you That's got a whole. True. There's a whole second thing going on here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so weird. Like even <laughs> even when you look, it's like the two best picture silent film winners. We went through a whole silent era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. They were then, like, none of these are good. I didn't even see the artist. This shit looks like bullshit. Right. We'll get to is it, it eventually. Good? What the dog is like look, funny. I don't know. We're gonna we're going to Can do best picture. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. do every best picture. So eventually we'll get to the That's artist. Sh- oh God. I'm not looking God forward to it. God help us. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, let's just cut this best picture shit off at like 89. You know, like past that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, uh, no country for old men, my guy. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. D- uh, we'll the the potted. <laughs> the Departed. I forgot the Departed one. Yeah. This would be a fun one, dude. Yeah. Plus, we got like 75 years of this podcast to do. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, by the time we get to the artist, dude, we're going to be 75. <laughs> like, <laughs> the amount of time it takes us to record every day. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, that's, that is, you realize we have 90. So we do this, we do special episodes like every fifth or sixth episode, and there <laughs> yeah. are 90 Oscars. And so, nine, what's 90 times five? 100 million. In inflation calculation. 450. 450 <laughs> episodes deep, we'll get to the artist. Oh, man. Set your calendars, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, the, the other films, uh, there were only four other films that uh, won Best Picture without its director being nominated. That was Grand Hotel in 1932, Driving Miss Daisy in 1989, Argo in 2012, uh, old Ben didn't get his nomination for that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, he didn't get nominated for director. Picture, though, they got right? best picture. Wow. Yeah. And basically, driving Miss Daisy too, called Green Book, in 2018. <laughs> driving Mr. Daisy. <laughs> I like, I like the sequel, dude. The the movie that solved all the racial issues in America, yeah. directed by eleven old white dudes. Yeah. Basically. That's what I heard. The Green Book. I heard. I heard it fixed racism. Is that true? It fixed racism. You know. Yeah. Al Jolson. I've seen it around since, so maybe. <laughs> yeah. The Green Book was basically like <laughs> it, it, it was the jazz singer of our the time. The only thing that preceded the Green Book were massive racial riots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They never happened after that. There was no nothing nothing after that. 2018 pretty much sealed up the racism. We're done. Yeah. Um Al Jolson and Green Book, thank you so much for that. <laughs> Uh, nice bookend. <laughs> <laughs> and my only my only side note that I have to say for Wings, and then we'll wrap this thing up, is this was the very first film for insanely legendary costume designer Edith Head. Mm. This was her first movie ever. Okay. And that's it, y'all. That was Wings. Woo! Incredible. Woo! Yeah, that was media. interesting story. Oh man, yeah. I, I, the 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 founding of the Oscars uh, was not as dramatic as I thought it was. going to I know be. it's only because. Oh my god! Now, yeah, yeah. Like, and exactly. now um, I yeah. like people are like it's the lowest views ever. Now, yeah, so it's like yeah. 
Well, it's it's a bad show. I like I have notes on their presentation. What were your yeah. favorite moments, Deb? There was a bunch from the the filming and the wings part of it, but I th- really think like Drake, you said it wasn't eventful, and I was like, dude, finding that reasoning out behind, no, 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 I s- like Louis, yeah. no, starting the Oscars, right? I mean, you said starting the Oscars wasn't as no, 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 exciting. I didn't say that. I said it wasn't as dramatic as oh, I like expected. The ceremony was just fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, that's broadcast. like that's what I mean. Like it's not, it's like there wasn't a whole lot of hoopla. It wasn't as dramatic as yeah. I thought it was. Gonna I imagine be like, the yeah. party afterwards was way more epic oh, yeah, than the actual yeah, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, they stayed at the Roosevelt that night yeah, and just got yeah, fucked yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I'm, I'm so surprised that it's like it was yeah, like that low key. Between that and San all Antonio, yeah, everyone, all the elevator girls at the Roosevelt. <laughs> all the elevator girls. Yeah. <laughs> well, I totally agree. Somebody with got fucked with an Oscar. That I night. also, yeah. I just really enjoyed <laughs> the fact that fucking Louis gave that reasoning. Oh my before god! Starting the Oscars, like, like, and I just wanted to know, like, I imagine what the reaction would be of people in Hollywood at the Oscars. T- like, if somebody got yeah. up to accept an award. <laughs> And told that story. That's true. To the room. Seriously. And see, Joaquin like, Phoenix what the fuck do this. The if anyone would do it, it'd be Joaquin. Yes. Joaquin, do it next. When you accept the best actor for Joker 2. Yeah. Get up there. Chris, that's my Oscar I remember when this shit was 15 right minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> like, he made no bones about, like, this means nothing. And I'm just hanging medals around people's necks so that they will shut up, basically. <laughs> like, it was never like, I've decided to honor yeah, our great you, filmmakers. If you go and up on that stage and say that shit out your mouth, mm-hmm. you'd never work again. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, if you go yeah. up to the award show and, like, talk about how that shit's not real. They take them very seriously. Oh, fuck yeah. They take dude. them like, very seriously. When, like, That's like, why it, it'd have to be somebody who was, like, winning Best Picture yeah. Yeah. or Best Director. Like, Bro, they you know, cut they Drake's had, mic they when he was yeah. talking about yeah. fuck the Grammys. Yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah. cut this nigga's mic. Like, fuck this. <laughs> when like, was that? Oh, a couple of years back. The, the, the last the time he was ago. at the Grammys. Oh, right. He was like, you don't need this to be this, that, and the third. And then they cut that It's like, that's Drake. That's Drake. You cut off the the biggest the biggest star in the world right wow. so it's like they don't give a fuck bro like yeah what are you gonna say Dad? that's very true they just need to do like what they did in scrooge and have what's his face in there with a shot <laughs> it's <laughs> like i'm getting everybody gonna keep it rolling <laughs> i'm getting this speech out god damn it i feel like though like because of how like fake we just talked about it is i feel like if i were ever in a position to be nominated for an oscar and i won that shit I would literally just walk up there and be like, thank you. Yeah. Just leave? Thanks. Oh, my God. That'd be very funny. Not even thank you, just thanks. 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 And be out. (laughs) Bro, they'd be so, people be so upset. They'd be so (laughs) mad. I I want to mend outside. Thanks for the naked man. (laughs) Well, and I imagine like this first one, it was 15 minutes long. No one gave a speech. Nobody couldn't have. Uh, They were basically like, here's yours. Here's yours. Was it always? That was the speech for all these people. When they walked up and they're like, uh, Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Was it was it the statue? Like, was it always the statue? Yeah, yeah. He had it. Uh, MGM, the art department, right. created the statue, okay. so they had it. They already had mm. that statue. So I don't know how they. I would love to, but it wasn't broadcast. So yeah. Where where where, where is the wing statue? Like the best picture for see. wings? Like, is it in a museum? Is it a private like collector? Is it like his kids? Like, who has the statue? It's up someone's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Right. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> right as we speak. 
dick. How many it's gen- buried with William how Wellman. How many genitals has that <laughs> statue touched? <laughs> Google. Quite, okay, okay, Google. Google. <laughs> how many genitals has the wings? <laughs> Gary Gary Cooper is just like buried with it, probably. <laughs> and Claire Bow's like, you know, whatever. Claire Bow definitely fucked that statue. Oh, dude, yeah. definitely. <laughs> If not, that was the only person that she did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love Claire Bow. I totally support her sexual. Yo, imagine, I support her sexual journey all the way. Imagine being the only guy she like never wanted to sleep with. That's <laughs> like, so I, I've been that dude. Before. <laughs> Where you're like, damn, you like everybody damn. fuck. You just want to talk to me. I love Claire Bow, uh, dude. We're definitely. I'm so doing... interested to find out more about it. Oh man, me too. I just and I yeah. I wish. I understand that she was embarrassed about it, but man, I wish that she had written like the most scandalous yeah, book, book ever. Book ever, dude. All. Yeah, like especially like when, like I don't know how long she lived, but like in your eighties, it's like who are you putting on blast? A bunch yeah. of other old fucking people that are dying soon. Exactly. Like, I mean, but that's the shit that that's always fascinated me is like the stuff that we have no idea mm-hmm. about, and like the circles that we'll never hear about, mm-hmm. and the shit that people are doing. Like how you heard about like Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor used to fuck around. Yeah. Shit like that, bro. It's mm-hmm. like you're never going to hear these stories you just have to be there like that's the fascinating shit about hey, the industry like that's the interesting hey deb you're gonna know if you're if you're there first man-to-man kiss in wings wow yep, yep. you were the first right. time two men ever kissed was first in wings. time two men ever kissed on screen was in wings <laughs> yeah. oh no ever ever there's there's oh ever they, ever, they, ever. They, they homosexuality began for wings it was the dudes that clara didn't no, want to they didn't. <laughs> it wasn't. they kissed each other yeah, they did. It wasn't a uh, romantic kiss. One was dying, I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that scene where Jack shot down David. Man. Wait, what? Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. You'll go watch it. But, it's yeah, he, he shoots his homie down, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Aren't they on the same team? Probably actually, one of them a, become a, a... probably actually killed a stunt guy while they were at it. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, aren't they both fighting for America? Or yeah, whatever? so what, and this would be for like the dregs of whoever's left listening to this episode, but basically what happens is uh, David goes down in enemy lines, enemy territory, mm-hmm. and he crawls through this river. He's still alive, runs out into the middle of this Nazi uh, airfield, steals a plane, not Nazis, I'm sorry, World War One German mm-hmm. airfield, yeah. steals a plane. Gets the fuck out of there. He's getting back to his side, and he's like, "Woo, I made it!" And then Jack is on patrol at the time, sees him in this German plane coming towards them, and he's like, "Oh hell no!" And so he gets up there, and Dave's trying to wave to him, and he's like, "Jack, it's me, it's me!" And Jack doesn't see him, and so shoots his ass down and kills him. Yeah. And then there's a scene where like he lands next to the wreckage, and he's like peeling off the german emblem off the plane as a as a souvenir and they tell him come look at the guy you just shot down he's still alive you can come like look at him and he goes in and it's david and he's like oh dude i didn't know it was you up there i'm so sorry and it's really it's really emotional dramatic scene it was really well acted wow okay and uh he kisses him on the mouth and and yeah Josh Hartnett dies. Josh Hartnett dies. And it's Ben Affleck. Exactly. Wow. Ben Affleck kisses Josh Hartnett <laughs> on the mouth. Wow. Yeah, they didn't even do that in Pearl Harbor. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. wait was they, there? They was that implying like uh, that they 
were in love? Like, what? what's the... No, it was just, again, that's one of those things that I always talk about, how things were so much different in these days, and we don't give it enough credit. We're like, no, nah, it was just, it wasn't that big of a deal. People didn't uh-huh. have as many boundaries, yeah. you know? Yeah, dudes were sense. dudes would hold hands and stuff, yeah. you know? It wasn't yeah. like, yeah. Sense. So, um, this is unrelated, but, like, is, uh, like, a question I had... Were movies sped up back then? A lot of so because every silent film looks like it's in fast forward. It depends on especially if they restored it or whatever, but you know, they're sitting there hand cranking these things. And so it really took a skilled hand to crank it in the right uh frame per second and all that. So a lot of the footage would get messed up, you know, being cranked. Now, by the late twenties it was they're not hand cranking most of these cameras, mm-hmm. but it was still Every now and then, I think it would get sped up or slowed down, and the editor would have to also think about, you know, the frames per second. That whole thing, yeah, the the footage back in those days, because when you go and watch a lot of restored footage that was made, especially in the early 1900s, they always talk about that, how much of a... That's the biggest pain in the ass is to get the speed right on this footage. And it was... It ran at a different speed than what we have now, of course, you know, digitally. Yeah. Yeah, the speed of the footage, but yeah, a lot of the scenes were sped up and slowed down. A lot of fight scenes back in those days, they would they would film it kind of slow, and you would just kind of go through the motions, and then they'd speed up the footage, and it looked like you two were just blasting each other in the face, you know? And it was, they would do a lot of that type of stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Like, a lot of those planes might have been flying a lot slower yeah. than they looked, you know? Yeah, yeah, They yeah. just sped it up to make it look super fast. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But not, they couldn't slow it down in post? I I don't know. Yeah, because it, I don't know. It's just weird. Like everything looks like it's in fast forward. There's a uh, footage on YouTube from like the late 1800s, you know, and Ooh. like Lumiere was filming his family with these Ooh. newfangled motion picture Most cameras, motion you know. And again, again on the on the OG film history back in the day, that was a big thing that Dev and I got into was capturing footage at this time and how, you know, originally they were doing photos on these silver plates and you know it was like capturing footage all these different crazy ways and messing with it and nowadays they've restored it all but yeah the speed of the footage was always a big deal it was always that was always part of the the problem with restoring things was Mm -hmm. trying to get that speed just right for sure it's interesting to me because there's a very similar thing with video games Mm -hmm. um how it's like uh the frame rate like for a lot of things can't be changed and right. like and stuff because it like it fucks like a lot of things up and like fucks up animations and fucks right. up like cutscenes and shit like so speaking of games like the silent films are equivalent to like what the arcade style or like early console systems would be in video games meaning like back then you would have like text flash on the screen for a character mm-hmm. Instead of now, that character is just voiced. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, right. voice acting didn't come to games for a while just because it took up so much space on the disc. The talkies. Yeah. The know. video game talkies. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's my point. Yeah. Like, video games had the same evolution yeah. right. as films. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, yeah. Video game history, history of video games. I was thinking about that eventually. Like, That'd be cool. I, I, eventually, we'll spin that off. We'll do that yeah, episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, you know, a couple years from now, we'll we'll I'll, we'll do another podcast, Dude. and I'll I'll I'll, I'll do the, the you job. Yeah. But like right now, I don't want your job. Like you, you do a lot of work. <laughs> I'm loving you, this. You man. do a lot of work on this thing, man, which I appreciate. Yeah. Like, I'm loving it, dude. You know, I probably have already 
a hundred pages of film history that we've written for the past five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Although, it's funny that when we do eventually do a History of Games thing, uh, same thing with Hollywood. There was a lot of cocaine at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cocaine was basically what started every entertainment industry. All entertainment comes from cocaine. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're... I feel like most businesses <laughs> were started. <with laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, our economy... Runs on cocaine. Pass <laughs> <laughs> another Coca-Cola. One form or another. One form or another. Dude, the American. Like, I, I was thinking about that. These guys, like on wings, like during crafty, were probably like drinking Coca-Cola. Absolutely. Shit. <laughs> Just getting <laughs> wrecked, ready to go. Those those guys in those planes were like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> drinking eight balls. Oh my god, man. Well. That was this episode, that y'all. Was great, man. Thank you for having me on here, man. Yes. That was a really yes. well put together podcast, James. I like what you got here, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. It's Thank a lot you. of fun. You were amazing. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Come out and back yeah, anytime. I mean, I'm a movie guy, so I'll, I'll, I'll come talk. I'll yeah. come yeah. talk shop with you guys anytime. Malik will absolutely, at the very least, be here for every best picture. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe there's some other episodes we could bring you in on. You know, if we're talking about Al Jolson, we're gonna bring you in. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. The only reason I asked you if you knew that was because I heard about him for the first time on the James Cagney episode. So it's like, is this a person people know about? Like, <laughs> you know, if there's the only person who can do the Al Jolson episode is Robert Downey. Very true. Yes. Very true. Yeah. 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 That'd be a good episode. The, the yeah the man who broke the man who broke blackface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the man who conquered it. <laughs> Let's see if we can send him a telegram. He's with the Elevator girl, right now. <laughs> want me to do what? You want to do what? What is this, a Louie? <laughs> <laughs> what is this, a Louie? Uh, All right, man, well, Malik, well, hey man, Dev, it was great uh, seeing you again, or like virtually getting to engage with you, bro. Yes, uh, Malik, where can they find yes, you? Yes, likewise. I, I'm on uh, I'm on IG, man. Um, I do. I'm, I'm on IG, Spike Leak. I also have a photography page that I'm trying to push called Perk. The photographer, P E R K, the photographer. So yeah, hit me up on there, and um, you know, yeah, cool. You can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, uh, possibly TikTok soon. We'll see about that one. Uh, Dev, what about you? Hilarious. Uh, Sailor underscore Dev. Uh, check out Abracadabra Films and our projects, and go check out the My Fish app. Download it and get uh, rewards for fishing. Boom. And you can find me on the elevator in a hotel in El Paso, or in, in Texas. He's going back. That's that's James's birthright. <laughs> you can find me where Gary Cooper on an elevator in a hotel in Texas. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Film history. History of film. The history of film. <laughs>